Hello and welcome to episode 275 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Angel. I am Kevin. You sounded much louder than you did when we were talking beforehand. Did you just lean into I the microphone? I just excited. Yeah, I was um, slouching on the chair before. Now I'm yeah, sitting. Yeah, that, that was with more normally. gusto. That was more. That had a lot more gusto than our pre-show chat, where you were just kind of yeah. You sounded like you were slouching. So glad you glad you got that gusto. You I don't know if like anyone you noticed to be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, we are here, and we're here late. This episode is late, and it's uh, Pokemon's fault. We were set to do a show with a big focus on sports games, you know, right down to a title of sports tryouts because of the online test for Switch Sports and MLB The Show 22, plus, you know, thoughts on the genre as a whole. We're bringing back the genre series, and then we're going to pair that nicely with the closure of the 3DS and Wii U eShops and our recommendations for some of the, like, hidden gems worth downloading while you still can. But the problem is, uh, early Sunday morning, that's the time we like to upload, and that time slot, so to speak, was commandeered by the Pokemon Company for Pokemon Day, and with it came a Pokemon Presents that made some big news with Gen 9's reveal, Scarlet and Violet, uh, and we can't not talk about that. So for the second episode in a row, after Random Nintendo last time, we are starting with breaking news-ish. We're a day late, but breaking news, let's say. We will get to everything we had planned. Um, after all, you may have noticed we so kept the title. It's better that it's late. Tryout, Otherwise, you wouldn't be getting yeah. this two weeks from now. Would be Exactly. And by then, are you even going to care about Gen 9 two weeks from now, let alone in November when it probably comes out? Who knows? But you care now because it's very fresh. Uh, but we will get to all that other stuff too. Um, all the topics are on the blog post or subsetramtown.com. So, you know, those are still coming down the pipe. But right off the bat here, we're talking pocket monsters. We're talking... Uh, Scarlet and Violet, and specifically, I would like to touch on Quaxley. Angel, you are a Donald Duck fan. Is this guy the Donald Duck of Pokemon? He kind of looks like the Donald Duck of Pokemon, or maybe he's a Dewey. But did did you get that vibe whatsoever as a Donald Duck fanatic, or am I crazy? Um, I mean, I could see how people could see that, but no, he just looks like a like a duck, just a generic duck with a wig. So how do you that. pronounce his name? Is that been confirmed or are you just guessing? I assume it's Quaxley. Yeah, like Quack yeah. and then Yeah, Quaxley. Oh, well, duh, the Quack. I, I was it. trying to think like because yeah. Fue the Coco quack, quack. and um, what's the other one? Sprigatito. Uh, Fue Sprigatito. Co- yeah, there's there's an obvious yeah. theme between those two, but Quaxley is just <laughs> yeah. not. And, and that theme. There's no Spanish in there. Compared to the other two. And that theme permeates everywhere. It looks like the game's set in like a Spanish peninsula, like Spain, Portugal situation. Ibiza. But yeah, there I don't know where Quaxley fits into any of that. But for those who did miss the announcement, to, to back up for a sec, which actually it it wouldn't be surprising if you missed it, because the Pokemon Company has confirmed they minimize promoting this thing heavily, uh, understandably, because they were trying to not be like, look at all the Pokemans during uh, the crisis in Ukraine. So they didn't promote it he- as heavy as they normally do. But if you missed it, um, Quaxley is the new water starter that the Pokemon company describes as, and, and this is real, earnest and tidy, whatever that means. And he's joined by um, Coco, which I think is probably the best name of the three, uh, who is this like little fire dinosaur hippo guy. And he's joined by uh, Sprigatito, is that how you say it? Spir- yeah, like that, who is a Yeah, who's a grass-type cat that the internet immediately started associating with weed. Hell so, yeah. Make it that what you will. <laughs> but uh, honestly, his design to me looks almost like a fan made Pokemon compared to like some other stars we've seen in the past. Like, I don't know what it is about 
Sprigatito, but yeah, something about his look just, or her look, uh, just, I don't know, it looks a little, not like a real Pokemon. Um, and this is coming from someone who, you know, has three cats, thought Litten was a great starter a few gens back, but yeah. Do you guys have a favorite, an early front runner of, among the three? Not I... really. Okay. Oh, go for it. <laughs> no. Uh... <laughs> I am a huge Quaxley fan, with the exception of that name. Yeah, I think his look is better than his name for sure. If they could I take somebody, the cleverness of I saw somebody Frey put, Coco uh, and make it a duck, I'm in. I saw somebody do, uh, or somebody named it. They should have gone with Papa Duck because he's got that mean Pompadour. Pompadour, yeah, yeah. That would have been good. There's rum. There's like people speculating that his final form is gonna be some sort of riff on like because some some are saying the 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 hair is actually like a Christopher Columbus hat because he's from Spain and they might have him kind of go through different figures of of old Spanish history. So someone's saying he might have a pun of Don Quixote as his uh, final form, like Don like Quaxote or something like that, or Don Quixote or I don't know. They could have called him Pompa Pato, Pompa Pato. There we go. There's your Pato is Spanish for duck. Well, that's a really missed opportunity in that case. Yeah. Like, oh, that well. rolls right. That's so much better. Like, I like Quaxley because it sounds funny, but it's not a good name. <laughs> but but I do like his design. It's no Poplio. Um, Poplio's a great name. Yeah. 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 Um, but, Angel, you were saying you didn't have a particular standout one at this point? Yeah. Um, and honestly, it might have something to do with the fact that I didn't get Arceus didn't get sword or shield um yeah like and even diamond and pearl like i thought i'd play more of it by now but i haven't really touched it um and that's kind of ignoring the fact that progress has been really slow because of the whole playing in japanese kind of thing i don't know right you're doing that yeah it's almost like the designs look interesting enough but nothing made me go like oh this one's cool or like oh man like i can't wait to play as this one like, I, even the the review for the game, which I know we'll get into it later, but I think it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe a switch hit in my head where now suddenly I'm not excited about new Pokemon. I don't know. Maybe there'll be some new chat. Maybe, they, like, you know, the right design just wasn't there for me. But yeah, I, I'm going to guess that's it. Maybe, like, none of the three starters just hit that mark. I don't think right. any from Sword and Shield did either. Sun and Moon, I think Rowlet kind of did it for me, but... Well, Rowlet has an adorable bow tie, so easy, easy win. Yeah. yeah. That little leaf bow tie, wonderful. It's a, it's as good as Quaxley's little pompadour hat, depending on how you look at it. Mm. So, yeah. Every yeah. third Pokemon generation, they give one of the Pokemon a weird, organically grown, attached to their body fashion accessory, it seems. So... Not to kill your momentum there with what you're saying or anything, <laughs> but you you did make a point that like we we are gonna probably get into the announcement. So maybe we maybe we step back for a second, actually like touch on what actually happened in the Pokemon Presents. Um, you know, after updates on basically every event occurring in every active Pokemon game on the market, uh, the presentation concluded with this teaser trailer for the next proper generation of Pokemon, Gen Nine, Scarlet and Violet. Uh, it will be out in late 2022. Which, as we all know, I think, will likely translate to specifically the third Friday in November. That's how it's been the last few years. I can't it? imagine it changing. I'm calling it. Y'all put money down it. on that. You, you'll put money on I'll it. I'll put money down on that. How much you all bet, Kevin? 
of the game, the the full cost of the game. Really? Yeah. You know, I mm, do know that means that if you're right, that you're getting a free game, right? I know there was one time they did it the second weekend of November because they had a different major release the third weekend. you better pick. A I'm, date. I'm I'm weighing in my head. Is Breath of the Wild two gonna be delayed? Because that would be the one that would bump it from that third weekend. It's now or never. Because they did Omega. Uh, they did. I know. I'm thinking they did Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire the second weekend, like the 14th of November, and then the next weekend, the 20th or so, is the big. You know what? Screw it. Only live once, right? All right. Uh, handshakes through the microphone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's perfect. A, it's a deal. Uh, I third will. Friday I will take, of uh, Scarlet. I will. Uh, I haven't decided which one I'll take yet, but I have plenty of time to be proven right, and then I'll make my choice. Um, but yeah, so that's all normal, like how the Pokemon thing happened. But what where things maybe weren't as normal is the actual substance of the announcement. I mean, the way they announced it's the same, but there's kind of two parts to it here. There's the what and there's the when. I feel like so first up the what, which is you know the actual content of the game beyond just the, the starters, and uh, the Pokemon Company is saying it's going to be an open world adventure. They describe it as the next evolutionary step for the franchise, which uh, translates to no borders between towns or environments and wild Pokemon appearing wherever. Uh, In other words, it sounds like the outcome we were speculating about last episode when discussing Legends. You know, take the open world established there, marry it with the traditional RPG mechanics of, like, the core games and voila, best of both worlds, at least theoretically. It sounds like, Angel, that's not something you're necessarily feeling. But how about you, Kevin? Because you came from Sword and Shield. And then you didn't get Legends, but does this seem like kind of the next step of where you may want to see like the wild area go? Uh, yeah, I would say so. This definitely looks a little bit more expansive than uh, Sword and Shield. And I think we literally talked about this on the last episode, what I would want from another Pokemon game. And like yeah. Arceus just didn't cut it for me because, I mean, yeah, it was expansive, but it's not the sort of expansiveness that I want. Uh, this mm-hmm. does look expansive while also being a little reined in. And like I said, it's set in like modern times, obviously. So that's, that's a huge draw for me. Yeah. This looks much closer to what I sort of expected out, out of RCS for sure. Right. Right. And, and Angel, you, you were on the fence. I feel like last episode you were saying, if I remember correctly, that like you're more into it. Into obviously Pokemon for the battle, you wish you had battle simulator, but Maybe there's something in in legends in the catching that if you like sort of separate yourself from what Pokemon means to you, there could be something. Are you basically do you just not care about legends anymore now that this is kind of stepping into that same spot and then some? I don't know because just wipe out any sense. Because to kind of go back to a thing a little while ago, like I just feel like I don't really have the I don't really want to play another Pokemon game that is... I I, I, I feel like I'm not going to go into the whole EV training anymore. Like, I don't know if I want to go back into competitive Pokemon battling. Like, I think that ship has sailed. Like, I think it's time to let that be. Um, mm-hmm. So it just, like, doesn't... So that isn't a draw for me anymore. Like, it, it's kind of come down to, like, yeah, if, if I want to do competitive Pokemon battling, I'll just go play Pokemon Showdown online. Like, there it is instantly. It's always going to be updated. Right. I could always play people online. Sure, I won't have the visual flair that I want, but it's exactly what I want. So at that point, to be fair, yeah, that's fine. To be fair with that visual flair, and I know we barely talked about it. Based on that trailer, the game does not look great. And <laughs> yeah. This yeah. this is something that 
I think Arceus, uh, a lot of people are sort of forgiving it because it's like this new, this new, uh, idea that, you know, Game Freak is trying. These games make millions, if not billions of dollars. You can definitely tighten up the graphics on level six, you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's interesting because I felt the same way watching the trailer and then I kind of went back and played Art, uh, Arceus a bit and, looked at some sword and shield footage and believe it or not this is a big improvement like i know it sounds silly but if you compare like some of the city designs and landscapes shown in scarlet and violet's trailer to like legends mostly looks or like literally just the emptiness of the wild area and sword and shield like it's noticeably better especially when it comes to like the vistas and how like deep they go into the distance rock bear phrase for describing that but it, it's still has a ways it can go but it definitely like it's it's the best they've done so far take that as you will but it's definitely uh, I mean, moving in yeah, a direction <laughs> but we know that they can do better they they have yeah. the, they have the cash for it let's let's not beat around the bush they they absolutely have the cash for it uh i don't know exactly yeah, and, what it is that's holding them back but like i said the, the graphics can absolutely be better I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's a limitation. I, I'm, you know what? Maybe it is a limitation of the engine that they use, but I mean, they have the money to create a new engine. Someone pointed out on Twitter that if you look at the shot with the three windmill, like the three wind turbines, each turbine is spinning at a different frame rate. So, okay, <laughs> yeah, there's some yeah. weird choices they're making. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I would I would say graphics aside, like this is kind of exactly what I wanted to see them do, or like maybe like. 98% of what I wanted them to do like in that 98% is you know the the world building exploration I was just gushing about about legends in you know two weeks ago you guys like it's presumably making the full leap here for regular you know into a regular Pokemon game which is kind of like what you're saying um, and like the fact that things do look more embellished like the graphics are a step better does give me hope that everything's a step further like you know the, the first pass was legends now they kind of honed in on what works and what doesn't but I am also – I have this slight inkling. Like the reason I said I'm like 98% this is what I was because there's this little 2% part that like I I, I kind of like the streamline stuff in Legends. Like I like be, being able to just sneak up and throw a Pokeball at a Pokemon and you know not needing to necessarily go to a town to find a Pokemon Center or whatever. And it's obviously too early to say if those mechanics will be dropped. I mean I noticed in the trailer there was this gas station at one point that maybe is a healing spot. seems like a healing spot. Uh, but it does seem like if anything were to get cut for them to kind of bridge the two types of Pokemon game now, those are the ones on the chopping block. Uh, I'm hoping I'm wrong. And there's signs pointing, you know, other aspects still making the cut. Like, uh, honestly, the weird generic-looking main characters you play as who also look abnormally young. I don't know why they look so young. But they seem really primed for, like, character customization on a scale that we saw in Legends. So... If it all pans out, it hopefully really is basically Legends 2, more do in the world, more variety, a little better looking, and yet still has the stuff that made me really like Legends. Um, but I get it is kind of early to tell. We only saw two two minutes of it, essentially. Not even. Half of it was live action. We saw like 90 seconds. Yeah, I was about to say, didn't wasn't half of it the security guard? Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, I, I kind of appreciate that they did like that silly cinematic thing because in the past they would just pan piles of character art remember that like they just pan like concept sketches so this was a little more it had a little more pizzazz to it which was kind of nice um it was, it was a nice short for sure 
Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they like I don't think that was actually the Game Freak office, obviously, but the fact that they tried, you know, kinda of tied it into the real world of like, yeah, we're Game Freak, we make these games was kinda of nice. Um yeah, the, the Legends 2 thing, I kind of want to touch on that for a sec, because the idea of a Legends 2, or any integration with level uh, with Legends at any level, uh, that does lead to the second part of the announcement. Because I was saying that, you know, there's the what, which is the game, and then there's the when. And say what you will about the game, but its timing is, like, it's something. I mean, it wasn't even a full 30 days since Legends launched. Only three months since Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl that we're now getting a third full Pokemon RPG announced. Like, with all said and done, by the time Scarlet and Violet are out and available, there will be five SKUs of three different full-fledged Pokemon RPGs within 12 months. Which just feels like a lot, doesn't it? Does like feel it's, a, little, it's, a little fast. Right? Like, and, and the funny thing is, like, in terms of the core... I mean, I guess it makes sense like, why, why Shining Diamond yeah. and and the Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl were outsourced. Yeah, yeah, seriously. It's, it's, and, and it's funny because, like, if you actually break it down, nothing here is abnormal. Like, the, the core game release cycle that they do for Pokemon, like, this is right on track, even though it does feel like there's so much going on. Because, you know, for the last few generations, I, I went back and looked at releases, and we get a core game, a core generation every three years these days. Then comes the third version the following year followed by a remake of an earlier gen the next year, and then, surprise, the cycle begins anew. And on some level, we do have that here. Like, Sword and Shield, believe it or not, was in 2019. It was already three years ago. The DLC expansions were obviously instead of the third version. That was in 2020. Brilliant Diamond and Shine Pearl 2021. Meanwhile, just like they always have done with the the, uh, normal core games, uh, you know, Pokemon Company had Sword and Shield remain the one true, like, competitive entry, all the, you know, the de facto game, if you want to do competitive play. Brilliant Diamond Shine Pearl weren't that. Legends wasn't that. Let's Go wasn't that. So, again, like, we are on track to a degree with Scarlet and uh, Violet sort of usurping Sword and Shield in the, like, grander Pokemon lineage at a normal rate that doesn't feel, like, too crammed. But Legends just threw it all off. Like, I don't know, because on the one hand, you know, it's a unique take on Pokemon that you could argue is a spin-off in maybe the same way that Pokemon Rangers or something like Coliseum or XD or Battle Revolution were. Uh, and those games all ignored the same release pattern and they did just fine. Uh, but Pokemon Company in Japan has been calling Legends a core entry. And the gameplay is closer to the core games than any spin-off prior, most, you know, that I could think of. And and now, as we're, you know, as we were just discussing, like the stuff that did feel unique to Legends and could maybe justify it being its own thing that could release in tandem with a core game, well, that's now being folded back into the core games, into Scarlet and Violet, at least to some degree. And never mind timing-wise, you know, if you're a big Pokemon fan who buys and plays through the RPGs, so if you're basically the opposite of what you are, Angel, where you just kind of aren't really touching anymore, in 60 days' time, you already got two really, like, hefty, big, meaty adventures. You're very likely still working through them. And now in basically nine months, you're getting a third. Like it just feels, I don't know, feels like a lot Damn, to undertake. Spoiled. That's what that sounds like. We are in a way, but there's so many other games coming out this year. That I'm just kind of like, why are they not pumping the brakes a little? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm I'm, I'm still gonna buy Scar Scarlet and Violet, and probably, <laughs> well, then they clearly know what not. they're doing. Then otherwise, you would say, yeah, no, they you do. You know what? I'm actually gonna skip it because this is just too much. Got to speak with my wallet. Actually, no, I'm not gonna buy it. Kevin's gonna buy it for me because of oh, that. Oh, there you go. So. Good point. Okay, yeah. dude. Okay, I, I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait. 
But, you know, and I'm sure regardless of our bet and which one of us buys it for the other, I'm sure many, many people are also going to buy it. Like the franchise is legitimately, I would suspect, going to have three separate 10 million plus sellers in a single year with this, which is crazy. But like, you know, you're going to look at the Switch, like top 10 best sellers of all time. And like half of it is going to be Pokemon. Cause there's like these three releases, there's Sword and Shield, there's Let's Go. They're all doing great. So like, sure. But the thing I just can't shake is that we're now seeing Pokemon games release at a pace faster than Call of Duty, a series that has two releases per year, if you count Warzone, uh, in the same time frame that Pokemon is now doing three releases. And literally just last week, these reports came out that Activision is actually going to skip a proper Call of Duty in 2023 because sales are declining and they're worried about franchise fatigue. Meanwhile, Pokemon is and now, now they're like, worried? speeding up. Yeah, now they're worried apparently. But um, but yeah, meanwhile, Pokemon's just like pedal to the metal. And I, I just don't want Pokemon to same, fall into the same trap, you know? Like like I kind of said last episode, I'm excited for the series' potential after Legends and what can mean going forward. And everything about Scarlet and Violet conceptually – you know, is hitting the nail on the head, but Game Freak spent 20 years barely inching the franchise forward and it still did well. Like, I don't know why they suddenly feel the need to sort of speed run through changes. Like, you you two are don't buy every single Pokemon game, right? Like, you're skipping generations. Like, who are they? Like, I don't understand what the rush is. It, it I don't know. And it leads to exactly the graphics thing you were talking about, Kevin, I feel like, because, like, what potentially kind of sucks here is that it comes at the cost of the current games, right? Like, obviously, there's no broken Pokemon game, but they're not being polished to the same extent they're cranking them out this fast. Like, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl had a lot of glitches at launch day of the patch. Legends has some graphical issues, not just, like, the look, but, like, clipping and stuff. And even beyond that, like, if they're cranking out these meaty core games so frequently, where do they put other spinoff experiences like Detective Pikachu 2? Like, I thought... I thought it was kind of interesting then the direct, or not the direct, the Pokemon Presents. Uh, yet again, we had a presentation where they didn't touch any game they previously announced that still isn't out. We don't know anything about Detective Pikachu. We don't know anything about, like, Pokemon Sleep or whatever. It's just, you know, core game, core game, core game. I don't think we're ever going to see and Pokemon Sleep, by the way. I don't think we are don't. either. I think it got ridiculed into uh, into its grave. But Detective Pikachu 2, that could have been fun. And, like, I don't know. It's just It's just weird that, like, we have this like much faster drumbeat now. And likewise, even among the games that are out and supported, if they're rushing to the next release, doesn't that mean cutting the current one off prematurely or at least potentially prematurely? Like, I don't think Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl were ever going to get anything at a larger scale than that like Shaman mystery gift announced during the presents. But does a jump to Scarlet and Violet so soon mean that maybe Legends won't get to see much in terms of DLC? Like, I think it was really cool they did a shadow drop of this free Daybreak update during the Presents. Um, it adds you stuff like mass Pokemon outbreaks and more trainer battles, and, you know, if you're looking for content after being being the main game, here's a bunch of free things you can do. But if resources are now quickly turning towards the next core games that share so much of Legends gameplay, does that mean the ideas that players like myself really like in Legends that don't make the jump to, you know, Scarlet and Violet? Does that mean they're just kind of dead? Like, there's no deeper exploration of those? There's no deeper story expansions of Legends? It's just kind of like, yeah, we're washing our hands of that nine months later? Like, we... I don't know. Like, it's a lot of hypotheticals. But and I'm just thinking, like, we talked last episode about how Legends sold... What was it? 6.5 million in a week, and we know the DLC for Sword and Shield helped it become the second best-selling Pokemon of all time with, like, 23 million copies... And it just feels like if they're releasing Scarlet and Violet so quickly, they're squandering 
that potential audience growth and that potential opportunity to do cool things within those worlds they already built. I think they'll be fine. You know, these games sell. Yeah, pretty no. well. If you have yeah, they sell well, but no, I you, you don't say. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously this is all purely speculative, and it's too early to necessarily say which way it's gonna go. And and like to be fair, to kind of be my own foil for a sec, like Sword and Shield still gets new wild area updates to this day, but it also is the game that remains the competitive scenes like core. So I don't know. So well, are you I just saying you're like, opposed was, to? Hmm. Pokemon not making a game that is like a standalone, self-contained thing that isn't going to get constantly updated for years. No, I wait. What? No, wait, I I think I only half followed what you said. I'm I'm saying I don't know why Scarlet and Violet couldn't just be a 2023 release. Like I'm excited for what it has to offer based on what we've seen so far, and even the name itself is kind of intriguing. Like, is that like that's the first color thing they've done done since Black and White, like a decade ago, like. Is there a sciencey thing there? Like Black and White was a light and ago? light. Yeah, two thousand six. Oh my god, where has the time? So eight years, or wait, not a decade. No, wait, longer than a decade. Math. Oh my god, decade I remember when that game released. Jesus Christ, dude! I feel yeah, like dude, every we're, other we're episode, I'm reminded of how old I am. <laughs> yeah, because we do a lot of looking back. So just wait till we get to the eShop closure later and all the games that we're going to talk about are like, oh, I remember playing that like a week ago, but it was actually a decade ago. Um, but yeah, like they, this is the first, in terms of black and white, this is the first one to use color again. I'm kind of curious if, um, you know, it's like a science thing with ultra red light and violet light and I don't know. But my point is I would be just as curious and just as happy to experience this in 2023 as I am in 2022 because I'm still playing Legends and I still want to see what Legends can offer. But it seems like they're kind of just cutting that off prematurely. So that's my only point. I do think Scarlet and, and Violet look pretty cool, though. But there's a lot of like weirdness that comes with them pumping these out faster than any other franchise on in gaming at the moment. So that's my spiel. Um, it was a good spiel. Any, any other? Thanks, thanks. I, I, you know, I worked on it. But um, was there anything else you guys want to touch on with Pokemon or the presents before we jump to our actual planned episode? Yet. Wait, that was Russian. Okay, okay well, let's uh, ooh, let's uh, I'll, I'll bleep that. <laughs> uh, fit, you're gonna bleep, but you already said it was Russian, right? You're I'm to also bleep not it editing this episode. We'll just cut this out. Angel, cut this part out. Twenty six <laughs> seven. At this point, it's for sure. At this point, it's for sure. Twenty six forty. Did not write that down. Well, anyway, I guess Angel, did you have any other Pokemon thoughts before we move on? Nope. Okay, so beyond Pokemon. The next thing, one big thing that happened in the Switch world these past couple weeks were sports. So many sports. Switch sports. Real sports. Indirectly esports. Sports. Lots of sports. Uh, sports and are always happening. Sports are always ha- This is true. They all time themselves very strategically, so there is always sports. Except at the start of the pandemic. I wonder why. Lost their minds. Could it be money? It's- hmm. It does make the world go round and does explain Pokemon being pumped out so quickly. You might be onto something, Kevin. I think you cracked this whole thing wide open. If uh, I'm but not, in terms of it's episodes because they took me out. So the capitalists you know found you. <laughs> you know who took me out. Yep. Yep. Um, but yes, uh, unfortunately, in the case of sports, one we can't confirm or deny we actually played uh, was Switch Sports uh, because Nintendo, in the most Nintendo of ways, forbid participants of the Switch Sports online playtest from actually sharing their impressions of the Switch Sports online playtest. So um, 
I'm assuming no one wants to raise their hand and admit they tried it over President's Day weekend when it was going on. Is that, is that a safe bet? Because you don't want the Nintendo ninjas to come take you out after the capitalists do? That's what I thought. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. The internet is a wild place. It's full of many rule breakers. Um, and I have found in my uh, journeys down this information superhighway, shall we say, that many people did in fact admit to playing Switch Sports and discuss their time with the game behind a shield of uh, anonymity. So instead of sharing impressions if I or we hypothetically did or did not try the game, what if we instead discussed some points made by others that just resonate with us? They're already out there. For example, one thing I saw many say uh, across a thread within the Nintendo Switch subreddit is that the online connectivity was actually very good with little to no hiccups. And before we even get into the games themselves, that fact makes our inability to publicly legitimately discuss the game, that should we have played it, uh, it makes it that much more puzzling to me. Like I, I did some quick math the morning of the online playtest, and it began 70 days before the game scheduled April 29th launch. Splatoon 2 had its global test fire, if you guys remember that, at the launch of the Switch, uh, 119 days before its launch. Except with that one, you could actually talk about and share impressions of what you were playing. So it's just very puzzling to me that Nintendo would squander an opportunity here for word of mouth when, you know, they've allowed it before with a much longer lead time. And obviously, if we're talking about things that will sell no matter what, Switch Sports is a game that has big enough brand recognition. It's, it'll, it'll sell in the millions regardless. But, like, why not get some free marketing out of this. It's not like the Nintendo Ninjas are actually a big enough force to hunt down and remove all discussions of the game's playtest. If they were, we wouldn't be able to cite anyone here and discuss their experiences. So it's just, I don't know, it's silly to me. Like This is one of those like Nintendo-y, like, they don't get the internet moments, I feel like. Which I know, Kevin, you you were very uh, aware of when Nintendo does not understand the internet. Yep. So, if it's one yeah, thing that so it's I just, really... Just, if there's one thing that I hate about this company... It's that. It, it, it is actually the one and only thing that I hate about this company. There are some things that this company does that I dislike, uh, but more or less I like or love what this company does. But there's only one thing that I hate is that they just do not understand the internet. Yeah, and, and I've seen people counter it with, well, oh, a lot of games say like, oh, well, you can't talk about the private beta or whatever. But they also do like an invite system where they don't announce it in their biggest broadcast and say, anyone can do it. <laughs> like, it's like, a you know, you get an email, then you have to, like, kind of agree to some terms. This one's just, like, click a button and you're in. So it, it's just so, you know, in tandem with this, MLB The Show is doing their playtest, and they watermark everything you do. Like, the entire game has, like, a layer of watermarks over it with your MLB The Show username. Oh, that's interesting. But they still let you share stuff. So, like, it's just so strange. Um... But about those experiences, because I was saying, you know, people have been discussing their experiences. Um, and one through line, and what people were discussing, which which possibly resonates, uh, and you notice this in the trailer as well, to be fair, is just that the the game does, even in this early form, Switch Sports does seem like a true evolution of, like, the Wii Sports formula. You know, Woohoo Island is now this Spaco Square complex. Mies are now sports mates, and, and with all this, it seems like, the games have also evolved a bit, which is kind of cool. Like, there's a redditor, and I'm I'm gonna name specific sources because I'm not yo, yo, Nintendo yo, Ninjas. Yo, yo. We don't got come the to my Nintendo house. Ninjas. We got the Capitalist Ninjas. You wanna throw another group into this? Yeah, redditors who are shielding themselves behind random usernames. Yes, we better make so this episode the best episode because we're not gonna be here in two weeks. <laughs> I know, right? We're literally putting targets on our backs. 
Um, good thing I doxed myself last random Nintendo and not the next one, right? That's a good point. Like people were able to find me you? if they were in Park City. What? Did anybody meet up with you? No, no. I actually didn't even go to Park City the day I thought I was gonna go, so it, it was toy out sync. But um, but yeah, that one fan who's a Park City that, that one day poor that fan you, who's just standing you, in the uh, snow. Wow. Just like he'll be here, just hold, clutching a printout of our me's, just shaking with anticipation clutching for forty eight straight sales hours. numbers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he prints out the he prints out the slide deck from the investor relations site. Yeah, I I would want to befriend that man or woman. Um, but anyway, yeah, back to back to switch sports. So there was this writer named Blackout uh, Gunshot, and the only reason I'm saying her names is to prove that like these are real things. I'm not just like using it as a cover. These are real things. Real people said that I just happened to find interesting. Uh, and yeah, he or she noted that uh, Chambara, the sword fighting minigame, actually does go beyond just one sword, like in Wii Sports Resort. There are now three different combo uh, combat options, I should say. Uh, there's regular sword, there's a charge sword, there's dual swords, where you actually use both Joy-Cons, one in each hand, and they all have slightly different core strategies. Um, so that's kind of cool to see that Nintendo is like, taking it beyond just the simple level of, here's the one mechanic. Similarly, there's a different writer named uh, Verit Rendition who provides a good description of the new survival bowling mode, which is basically like a tournament-style, almost Battle Royale-esque take on the sport. Uh, how it works is like after the third, sixth, and ninth frames, the player with the lowest score, uh, the, the group of them, they're cut, whittling down 16 people to ultimately three in the final, uh, final round. Um, but what's cool about it is that it all happens simultaneously. So you don't have to sit and wait for each player to bowl. Instead, there's a 15-second countdown clock for everyone to go. So at most, you're waiting, you know, for that to wind down if you have to go early. Uh, and it just like it, it's like kind of it really feels like like an online take on Wii Sports from what I've read. the The one odd thing about bowling, as noted by a different writer named uh, Markster Five, is that you don't actually let go of ZR anymore when throwing the ball. You may remember in the old Wii Sports, you know, you release it as you're as you're releasing the imaginary ball, so it really feels like you're letting go of the ball, um, which also means, you know, you could throw it backwards and make the Miis jump and be startled and whatever. That's not here anymore, supposedly. Uh, it's one fluid motion, no button release. I, I have to imagine it's because Nintendo doesn't want Joy-Cons flying into TVs like Wii Remotes did, but it could, hypothetically, if one were to have tried it, uh, make it feel a little less visceral, I would have to imagine. Um, and then the third sport on tap uh, in the in the online play test was tennis, which seems the most one to one with what we know from the old Wii Sports. Um, one thing that multiple redditors noticed is that at least online they did actually change the scoring system. So it used to be normal tennis, but now it's just first to seven with one point added for each score. The speculation is this is to minimize the number of deuces, but I do wonder if there'll be more elaborate options in the full game. <laughs> oh, so. sorry, I'm, I'm twelve. <laughs> Classy, Kevin. I'm Real also classy. Very tired. <laughs> this is also why Nintendo didn't want people talking about because they're you're solely you're dirtying, sullying the poor name of Switch Sports. Um, but yeah, the 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 thought about like you know if there are more elaborate options, I think that's my biggest takeaway from these playtest opinions that I read. Um, obviously, for a server stress test, we're not going to know the full brunt of what the game has to offer. But it seems like at this stage, what we're guaranteed is a bit more variety within the sport perhaps versus something like Wii Sports Resort that offered Ryze using a sport, if that makes sense. Like, if we go back to Chambara in Resort, where it was called a sword play at the time, you know, you had your basic match of pushing someone off the little ring, but 
You also had a speed slicing mode where you did all these different angles as quickly as you could, kind of like Fruit Ninja with motion. And you had like a diet horde mode of sorts where there were ways of enemies and you had to kind of like knock them down. Uh, you know, even table tennis, if I remember correctly, in Resort had like both regular matches and a how many can you hit a return for in a row challenge. So my hope with Switch Sports is that, you know, in addition to the pro mode unlocks that we know about and outfit accessories you can earn, there's also those maybe secondary modes that use each sports mechanics in a kind of different way. I think there's a decent chance uh, Switch Sports will offer this since it, you know, certainly feels like the online play test wasn't a fully finished product at this point. Like, one thing multiple writers mentioned was there isn't even HD rumble at the moment, which seems like it would be a total no-brainer to include in a game like this, especially since it's first party. Uh, so, so most likely, we're not getting the full picture here in every sense. Never mind, you know, that we do know more is coming, like, golf down the line in, like, the fall or something. But I really do hope it's there because, like, for me at least, as someone who often would play the old Wii Sports game, or, yeah, Wii Sports, I'm mixing up the names, yeah, who would play the old Wii Sports game solo, like, these secondary modes were a big part of the experience as an alternative to when, like, friends couldn't come over or there was no one around. Like, I, I don't know, did you guys ever play Wii Sports as a solo affair or was Wii Sports strictly a, a social affair for you guys when you played? To me, it was just the thing we brought out when someone hadn't really played the Wii U before. I mean, the Wii before. So, yeah, outside of that, I don't think I ever took it out specifically to play something for fun. It was either because, yeah, because we had company over or we didn't really have any games yet. Yep, same. Did Did you guys even buy Resort? I did, because I wanted the Wii Motion okay. Plus. Right, right. And then it kind I of just fell into the same cycle like once we played all the mini games once and we're like yeah this is kind of cool then we just never really played it again until we wanted to show it off to something that's kind of where i'm wondering where switch sports is gonna end up like it has a brand recognition the switch is a multiplayer centric machine but like if it doesn't have a reason to buy it like you get it with the wii or you get a controller with it and a lot of people probably do it multiplayer like you guys did exclusively how much traction is it gonna get like, it's not going to sell 32 million like Resort did, I don't think. It's certainly not going to be, like, 86 million or whatever the original was. I so, mean, like, for Wii Sports, I mean, it was packed with the console. Like, no one made a conscious yes, choice to buy exactly. it. exactly. Like, this one, if you're buying it, it's because you're genuinely going to play it. So, I imagine... Right, right. I don't know. It seems like it'll do fine. I don't know. Yeah, it'll, I think I'm it'll sure, do yeah, fine I'm sure it'll on the right. heels of the fact that it has online. Right. That makes sense. Although, to... To sort of counter that, uh, Wii Sports Club on the Wii U kind of came and went without much of a fuss or much of a attention, and that was basically Wii Sports literally with with netcode thrown in. But this one does seem like a proper use of online, so maybe and like actually thought through. Like there's from what I read, <clears throat> there's a emote system, there's an emote system and stuff integrated this time too. So yeah, maybe maybe that will be the the deal maker here. But but based on what I based on what I saw on the internet, not firsthand, it seems like it'll be cool for forty bucks. Like it seems like it'll be fun. Um, which nicely, I guess you know, because we're talking about how we play we sports or sports games. I guess this kind of nicely brings us to the broader discussion of sports games in general. Uh, those out there listening, and even you two, may recall at the start of the year we mentioned we'd be doing kind of a sporadic segment of uh, the genre series where we'd reflect on specific game genre or likes and dislikes or memories what have you and uh, we did puzzle games already and with switch sports and you know MLB the show both 
doing their playtest simultaneously on Switch, it kind of felt like the time to talk about sports games because it's like, man, the, could those games be any more different? Those two online playtests. Like, the sports genre's range is huge in terms of what is a sports game. Where do you guys tend to land on the spectrum? Are you more arcade simulation, both, neither? Definitely more on the arcade side. Um... I mean, simulation ones can be fun. I've definitely had my first year of fun with vanilla FIFA back on the mainly PS1 days. And occasionally, since I do have a good number of friends that love those FIFA games, like I do occasionally play from time to time with them, but it's never, I never know what I'm doing when I'm playing. Like it's just fun to slide tackle. So that's all I literally do. Um, typically in a game, I will try to get disqualified by getting the majority of my team a red card and i've done that twice where my team had to forfeit just because they didn't have enough subs so that's pretty cool um that's as far as like it goes with simulation (laughs) the the way you said that's pretty cool yeah i got red card that's pretty cool yeah (laughs) something you don't really see too often um yeah otherwise you know i I think like mario baseball which i know i've talked to death in the in the show about mm-hmm. in the past, like that one probably falls somewhere between just because rules wise, it follows pretty much all the rules for baseball, like more so than probably any other Mario sports game, except for maybe tennis. Um, but yeah, I guess, I mean, there aren't that many rules in tennis, so which just makes this one that much more impressive because there are many more rules and technicalities in baseball that it just happens to all have, which is just great. So yeah, the fact that we had more, the fact that Mario Baseball exists, I'm really happy about, but I just kind of wish we had more of it. I mean, we did get um, a new soccer coming up, which, you know, Strikers is also pretty mm-hmm. cool, but yeah, one another baseball. Just but, but give to us. Clarify, Angel, to clarify, Mario Strikers is not based on the sport of soccer, it's based on the sport of Strikers, which is soccer in everything but name. So it's not quite soccer. It's close, nah, though. You're right. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's just some <laughs> weird thing. But, yeah, so that one, you could, eh, it's a sports game. It's, it's just yeah, aggressive no, it soccer. Totally is, it totally yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of. Yeah, if anything, it's more like Rocket League. League if anything, soccer. Yeah. yeah it's going to yeah. be hard and See, that's to. the thing. It's like Rocket League, if you think about it, is, I mean, obviously is a sports game, but also is like barely a sports game. So it's it's interesting how that. Yeah, because you know, I don't. Ranges. Yeah, because I don't really think of it like a sports game. If, if anything. I don't know what I think. It's like a weird, just a party, competitive party game, I guess. Yeah, but, like just an online competitive game that doesn't yeah, happen to involve guns. Yeah, yeah, kind of like Mario Three on Three. Like that one, I never. I mean, it's clearly basketball. I mean, it's called Mario Hoops, but <laughs> I remember playing it. I never really felt like I got a basketball experience. It was just this fun niche thing that was like, oh, how many times can you bounce the ball before you like? make a slam dunk and the slam dunks were always these like crazy patterns on the 3d on the ds touchscreen that you have to like you know create depending on which character you pick so if if anything it felt more puzzly than anything but that was also quite the experience technically a sport yeah yeah Yeah. it's 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 such a very because like you could argue every genre has a lot of variety but just like what falls under the umbrella of sports it's it's more of an aesthetic almost than it is a gameplay mechanic I mean, Kevin, do you do you play much in the sports world of gaming at all? Uh, not really. I do like sports games though. My my first ever sports game was 
All-Star Baseball 2000. Oh, here I am doing it again. It was All-Star Baseball 2002 <laughs> on the PS2. It was actually my first PS2 game. I remember 20 had, years ago, Kevin. 20 years ago. All right, this is this is absolutely my last episode of Random <laughs> Nintendo. It's been a great run. Thank you for having me, guys. No, uh, All-Star Baseball 2002. If I remember correctly, Derek Jeter was on the cover of that game. Man, that game was was developed by Acclaim. I remember that. I remember that. Uh, that was one of their big franchises, yeah. Acclaim. They Acclaim only had like sports, three, and that was one man, of them. Do you remember when these companies had like a sports subdivision? Like, Yeah, even Nintendo did. EA Sports, they on had the EA Big. Oh, the EA yeah. big games were the best. Uh, SSX. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, even that reboot of SSX that we got. Man, how long has oh, how long has it been? Honestly, I think that was almost a decade ago now. Its anniversary was literally this weekend. Dude, I saw a tweet about okay, it. Okay, I gotta stop talking about <laughs> about dates on this. But yeah, I, I like. Yeah, the most recent sports game that I've played is yeah, like something like Rocket League. Uh, I mean, Knockout City is technically a sports game. Yeah. Yeah, dodgeball. There's a league for it somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I think I side with you guys where I definitely skew more towards arcadey. I I think it's because like as sports games became more complex, like I just preferred sticking with kind of the simplicity, the pick up and play nature. Like I do remember if we really wanted to air ourselves back in the N64 days when I used to rent a lot of games from Blockbuster Video. I would repeatedly rent NHL '99 by EA Sports. It's in the game. And every big? time no, just EA Sports, regular. Oh, it was an NHL. Um yeah, you and, would and like hockey. every Well, so the reason I like hockey is because every time I'd visit family in New York, my dad would take me to a New York Rangers game. So Kid Me Ugh. thought it would be cool to be able to control the Rangers. My dad's from New York, of course he's gonna take me to a Ranger game. No, in I the mean, time we've come to the Islanders are also a team. Yeah, but they're like, we're not going out of Staten Island. Like, no. Yeah, it's uh, but, <laughs> but the, I mean, like, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, the game, while it did, you know, have accurate licensed player stats and tried to be true to sport and all, it was still, you know, more a video game than anything else because it was on the N64. The tech wasn't really there. But as we moved on to GameCube and, you know, PS2 and all that and the NHL series started to evolve with more advanced tech, I actually found myself drifting towards the NHL Hits series, which... If you don't know the Hits games or the NFL Blitz counterparts, which I think actually came first, they leaned all the way in on being a video game. They're like the Mario Strikers of their sports, kind of. Well, yeah, it's like a degree. Um, but they actually, to me, felt like the natural continuation of the feel of the N64 hockey games. And, you know, all this, of course, is happening in tandem with the Mario sports games kind of becoming a thing. And with EA Big evolving into what it was for that minute with, like, NBA Street and SSX Tricky, which is the best SSX and what have you. And, you know, it was – they were all clearly video games first opposed to simulations or something trying to be more, like, serious. Um, even if they, you know, in the case of like Mario Sports, even if they did account for wind and club types in golf or the court materials and how they affect your ball bounce in, in tennis, like they still had that arcadey edge. And that's just kind of what I have always gravitated towards. But I did decide to give simulated sports a chance uh, with MLB The Show's uh, tech test the other week because it's been a long time. It's completely free to try, no obligation. And, you know, the few times I do a quick match of FIFA or something at E3 or whatever, I basically turned into Angel and would slide tackle like crazy and had fun with it. So maybe there's something here with the most sim, simmy of the sports sims, because MLB The Show is, like, pretty well known for being the most, of the, like, simulated, right? Like, it's the most real, quote-unquote. Yeah. Um, 
So to be able to actually like sit down and sink my teeth. Except for into that year that they so had called... really messed up faces. Yeah, oh, in the Switch one? No, in just in general. This is the first year that oh. that that's uh, yeah. This, what, this is the first year. What show was that? I think it was like two years ago. There was this horrifying glitch that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when it was still PS4 exclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Uh, I remember that. It gave everybody like holes in their face and like. Mm-hmm. If you had yep. what, what's that one condition like tripophobia like yeah tripophobia where you're afraid of so like, like a Junji Ito like, painting you know, like, por- yeah essentially yeah yeah yeah, yeah it was it was something and and you know that clearly is not a real take on a sport but <laughs> but you know the game normally is so this is a good chance to like sink my teeth into what a so-called real sports game is in 2022 and yeah it's uh it's not for me I confirmed that um for me at least like. There was one crazy learning curve with something like the show because, like, everything has a unique meter or a cursor or a quick action button. And I tried to go and read about the controls and the menus, but hitting and pitching each had eight full pages of instructions to get through. Eight? Eight pages? And and to be fair, like, that depth is going to be a hit with some folks. Absolutely. I mean, LB, the show is a huge franchise now. Um, and from what I've read and what the tech test menus suggested it seemed like the show is feature complete on switch which is pretty cool it's certainly more to say about the fifa games on switch of late um but surely what like didn't help the experience when doing the tech test is that the game runs interestingly on the switch in its current form i guess you could say like on the one hand parts of it look pretty nice in handheld mode even like specifically jerseys and shadows on the cloth but then on the other hand there was like literally everything else uh the game like chugged at a low frame rate a lot of the animation especially the crowds look pretty janky like the game's not out till april 5th and you know san diego studio already put out a statement saying that the switch version is good it's, it's gonna be optimized for 30 frames per second it's already running smoother than what they had in the tech test uh they're even lowering the overall output resolution of the game to hit that frame rate so i don't really want to dwell on the performance of the game too much but really i just want to focus on my own performance in that being so poor, confirming that yeah, that side of the sports genre is definitely not for me. But it is cool that such a big franchise is what, now. What on team did you Switch. choose, or what, or what team did it give you the option of choosing? There are only like three. It's like you could be Cincinnati, you could be Boston, or you could be LA. Ugh. But or actually, let me phrase those were the teams that were in it. But you can make a custom team, so it let you type anything in. So I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm the Los Angeles Badoos because of course. But then they you also have to pick a soundbite. So when they introduce the team, they say the name. Obviously, Badoof isn't there, so it was the Badoof slash Beavers. And I know someone out there is like, Jason, if you're a Badoof fan, you know he's a plump rat, not a not a beaver. And you are correct, but I had to work with what the sound bites gave me, so we had to make some concessions. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I do wonder, like, in general, because, Angel, you were mentioning Mario Baseball. I, I feel like that's the sport that you can't... Like, it's no matter what it is, for me, I think it's one sim too far, if that makes sense. Like, even with Mario Baseball, it's probably, as you said, like, the least arcadey of the bunch of them. And maybe it's just something about baseball in general because you're accounting for pitch types and curves and needing to hit in just the right spot of the bat. But it always, it always has felt the most, like, simmy to me. I mean, maybe I'm misguided. Like, there's those old backyard baseball games and games. I mean, don't get me or... wrong. Like, I've tried normal baseball sim games like MLB The Show before, and... Yeah, the little additions that Mario makes to it, to me, like make it way more interesting. Because at the end of the day, like while it does follow all the rules of baseball, it still has like the Mario spin to it. Like, you, like even like you just mentioned, mm-hmm. the fact that you have, you know, you have to hit the ball in the right spot, 
like they take that to like the whole new level, to, like to the next level with Mario Baseball because you literally have some people that bat with you know a boxing glove or a hammer. So the little spot where you have to hit the ball is literally like a little circle. Like you normally don't have that in baseball. It's like literally the full bat. So you have, right. you know, that's a contempt. But, you know, obviously that's not like, oh, that's not like a fun thing. That just makes it harder. But then you have like. <laughs> Which for you, you is a fun thing, to be fair. Yeah. So it's like, like the limit. So then you have yeah. like the the chemistry or the buddy, the buddy. I guess like, oh, I'm going to call them attacks. They're not attacks, obviously. But then you have like the Plays. buddy. Well, I call it the buddy system. So, you know, if you're in the outfield, if someone's going to hit a home run and you selected two outfielders all the way in the back that have good chemistry with each other. They will start running like the flash. And if you get them right on top of each other, you could jump on top of the other and they'll literally launch the other person up into the stratosphere to catch the ball. So what would normally be a grand slam is now completely avoidable in Mario Baseball and only in Mario Baseball, as well as right. literally tackling the ball to someone with good chemistry to laser in the ball to home base. And that's not even counting the the star pitches, which you have to strategically hold to the end because, you know, Wario could make the ball appear like double or Waluigi has a liar ball where it throws like this giant ball that in the very last second poofs into the tiny one, but you don't know if it's going to be in or out. Like, you know, whether you're going to like swing for a ball or, or yeah, or just guess it correctly. And uh, yeah. And then there's also obviously the, the stage hazards, which are a very Mario thing to have in, and I guess there's sports games. You have the swamps that can mm-hmm. straight up block a pay hit or the piranha plants that, if you hit a ball near them, they'll grab it and literally warp the ball to the other side of the field. Sometimes hurting you, sometimes really, really helping you. So, you know, those kind of stuff that keeps it nice and Mario-y and exciting compared to normal baseball. I, I do wonder if, because you guys are describing, like, that sounds fun, but then I've played it with you and I've, you know, I have it on GameCube. Like, I do wonder. And we normally if... have items off. I mean, there's also items, but. Right. Yeah. Right, but I was going to say, I do wonder if it's the fact that's the one sport that's, like, turn-based, for lack of a better way of putting it, you know? Like, it just the pacing just... Because there's, like, you know, there's other arcade series. There's Power Pros from Konami, which is huge in Japan. There's, I was starting to say, Backyard Baseball was a thing in the GameCube and PS2 days. Like, there are other things. I'm just curious, like, if there's ever going to be that sweet spot where, like, it feels fast-paced, maybe. Maybe that's what I'm missing. I don't know. And it's, it's actually the thing that caught my eye most recently when um or not caught my eye but got me thinking um 2k games is apparently going to be making lego sports games now uh it's not official yet, lego but brawler that's crazy what the heck is going on here well okay not that that that's already on iphone anyway no i know but, um, but no they're oh yeah in general yes if you want to touch on that yeah lego brawler is essentially lego smash bros yep kind of um, but yeah, no, Lego's expanding out into a whole bunch of different directions because they have this 2K thing that it, if it gets, you know, official, it's a multi-game partnership that was apparently just signed between the two of them. The first game's going to be a Lego soccer game currently under development at Sumo Digital, who is the studio behind uh, the Sackboy standalone game and Angel 1. I know you like uh, Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed, so now they're doing a soccer game with Legos. And uh, the second supposedly an open-world racing game by the guys who developed WWE 2K22, Visual Concepts. But after that, like, it is a multi-game deal. I'm kind of like, you know, maybe if there's anyone that could find a way to, like, sort of put spin baseball in a different direction. I feel like Legos can get away with, like, what if you're like, building things as things fall apart? I don't know. Like, it just kind of is like, maybe this is the thing that makes baseball more, like, real time. I, I don't know. But but I think, I think 
So I think baseball's just t- tough for me. So <laughs> 2K actually was concurrently developing sports games when EA pretty much had every franchise under lock and key. Well, not under mm-hmm. lock and key, but I remember NFL 2K games were, if I remember correctly, they were cheaper. I think they were $20 a pop. Yep. And they were yep. better than like yep. Madden. So, I mean, obviously it's not going to be the same developers from yesteryear. But there I go again, dating. This is a very, I didn't it's expect a very to have self-reflective episode. I yeah. didn't expect to have my quarter life crisis during a Nintendo podcast, but here we are. <laughs> but like they had, they have known, they are known to have made some pretty stellar sports games back in the day. Yeah, and I think if that DNA is still in there anywhere, like I think Visual Concepts, the guys who are doing the open world racing game, I want to say they were involved with the 2K Sports back in the aughts. Or the that being 20- said, the most recent uh, WWE game was terrible. So 21 or 22? 22. Well, that's a problem because they're the ones doing the racing. Game. It might have been twenty one. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. It was a transition year when the developers that had been doing the WWE game Ukes, uh, mm-hmm. they left the project. Or I guess Two K fired them, and Visual Concept came over to take over, and that game was received terribly. Yeah, I, I do remember you talking about that, actually, I think, at the time. it, it And that's a whole other genre of sport game, by the way. I know wrestling isn't real, per se, but they're considered sports games. No, and yeah, that's absolutely. had a huge following. Yeah, like the N64 WWF at the time games. Those are always, like, fun to have friends have with a group of people. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that 2K might try and use the LEGO sports games to, like, get their groove back in that genre a little because they they basically you know even the few times they do stuff like when they had rockstar do um rockstar table tennis like that was very well received and that was just table tennis it's like they there's something in that company that maybe can do something um but i I think one of the other reasons as i was thinking about this you know i'm putting the episode together i think one of the other reasons i like arcadey sports games more is because they don't have to be annualized in the same way as the simulations like it's not like there's gonna be a Lego Soccer 2022 and a Lego Soccer 2023 because they don't follow the sports as closely. You know, in many cases they're not even associated with a league or anything, and that means they can do what they want, when they want, how they want, and that generally, to me, feels like it provides more opportunity for some like innovation or interesting gameplay ideas. Like that. That's kind of the other thing about the sports genre, right? Like it feels more stagnant than most even though it has probably more releases than most because within the individual franchises, like they can't move very far forward. Like it's a constant complaint I've heard about Madden and for switch owners in particular, we've seen it with the legacy editions year after year at FIFA. Uh, you know, they literally just like swap the roster and charge another full MSRP. And I think this like annual grind of needing to get the player stats. It like, I don't know. I, I do get that. Some of this is out of the hands of publishers as well, because the leagues themselves make it difficult. Like a few days ago, there were some leaked comments from EA CEO who specifically was calling out FIFA um, as being what's impeding any attempts to evolve the gameplay in the series. Like he was saying that, you know, fans have wanted more than just 11 versus 11, and FIFA's just like, nope. And it's FIFA's, you know, nope, and all the way down every feature request, like we're not going to see anything interesting come out of those games because FIFA won't let it. 
but also because they're on this kind of annual grind to stay up with player stats, it's just harder for them to actually sit down and like reinvent the wheel or you know change things in any way. And I've had a hunch this might be why serious sports games have really been the big holdout into the free-to-play model. Like, certainly there are games of service aspects. You know, MLB The Show has the whole, like, Diamond Dynasty thing where you, like, buy stubs and packs and stuff. And, and NBA 2K has a bunch of its own microtransactions. And, you know, being able to bundle graphical improvements is like a yearly full MSRP update is going to rake in cash, and no one wants to give that up. But I have wondered why sports games don't have, like, a war zone to their Call of Duty, so to speak. You know, is it and, – and I think it might be because the leagues are kind of holding them – Back. I like think they, Konami's like trying. Re- you think Konami's I th- trying? I think Konami. So their Pro Evolution Soccer series. I think oh, it, it's Pro got Evolution. some crazy, crazy ass name now. I think it's like E Football something something. I, I guess that's not that. It's crazy. Just E in front of yeah. The, that, uh, that wasn't football. crazy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think they're trying to make that into a platform rather than a yearly release. I mean, it, it makes sense that sports... Like, the reason free-to-plays work so well, to me, is because they're constantly evolving, right? There's always a new hook to get you to cough up more money for items or a battle pass or whatever. Um, so as these games are able to, like, I guess, break free of the restrictions of the leagues or whatever they're licensing, like Konami did, because, yeah, they're not pro-evolution anymore. They're, they have no ties to anyone, right? It's just its own thing. Um, as they're able to do that, like... Maybe that's where we're going to, you know, then they can kind of go balls to the wall with it, like literally, but also figuratively. Like if you look at like Rocket League, you know, it is soccer like we were talking about, but it's so arcadey and they're able to iterate on it in so many ways. And they introduce like hockey mode and they have like icy things and all this stuff that like, you know, if it was FIFA, I could understand why FIFA would be like, well, hold on. That's not how soccer works, but they can do whatever they want. And that's how it's able to stay successful. Or, you, you know, you mentioned earlier Knockout City, Kevin, like dodgeball isn't a huge professional sport like I was saying but it, it, it went the arcade route and it's about to actually go full free to play uh, Valen Studios announced the switchover is planned for June at which point they'll take over publishing duties from EA and self-publish but there again like dodgeball is like the core of it but it goes way more arcade and because of that it's able to do a lot more interesting stuff and stay fresh and evolve and change and yeah I think that that's just kind of weird about sports is you have this one side of it that's like that and then the other side is just like kind of just on the grind, like notice the grind, so just doing the same thing over and over and over. And I can't think of very many other genres that are quite like that. So it's just, it's interesting. It's a very unique genre within gaming. Um, But do you want a quick tangent about Knockout? That's interesting, isn't it? That EA's stepping away from it and Valen's going free to play with it. So they don't have that EA money anymore? They do not. Uh, I don't know if that's so because EA didn't have faith then? in the game. Yeah, yeah, they're self-publishing. Yeah, EA is giving is stepping away completely. Um, huh. I don't know if it's because they didn't have faith in the game or what. Like, it certainly doesn't have the bigger biggest player base. Um, I don't know. It 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 it's I'm I credit uh, Valen for wanting to see through their vision. I think in retrospect, the $20 barrier of entry for a strictly online multiplayer game was maybe a bit much of an ask. Like, I personally liked it because it meant other monetization schemes were kept to a minimum, at least at first. But as you guys know, because we all play it together, like, the premium battle passes are kind of becoming more prominent in later seasons. So perhaps this was just the next step down that path anyway. But yeah, it, it's yeah, hopefully it's it gives a second wind. The whole feels a little messy. Like, that game could have done so well if it had just 
been free to free from the very beginning. Because, I mean, a lot of people vouch for it. We vouch for it. I mean, I hosted a whole tournament for it. But, yeah, I don't know. Oh, you did? You actually did a tournament for it? Yeah. Like, while your, while your tournaments you organized? Oh, that's cool. Long, yeah, a little while ago. But, yeah, and a lot of people bought it. A lot of people were, like, hoping it would go on sale. And they managed to catch it on, like, $5 off, $10 off. But, yeah, now it's free. And I know a lot of people that are willing to get it now that it's free, but it just seems a shame that it could have been that way from the very beginning. Yeah, and they tried too, right? Like they did that whole like up to level 20 is free yeah. and then you start paying. It's just like they they were so – they had their heels dug so deep in the we don't want to go full freemium. But then even while doing that, they started in the game shop kind of going full freemium. So it was like this weird dichotomy. Like I, I don't know. It was strange. The game's great though. Like if you get over the – Bizarre. I wonder how much that monetization actually, now that I think about it, and yes, I did just cut myself off mid-word there. Uh, I wonder how much of it was EA pushing and Valen pulling. Like, how much do you think was a conflict between what EA wanted in terms of monetization and what Valen wanted in terms of their vision for the game? Because that would explain why things kind of felt at odds at, time, at times, and why EA stepped away. Like, it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it definitely felt like they came to a compromise of some sort. <laughs> Everything felt like it was a compromise. But, yeah. Yeah. Cameron, were you going to say something? Uh, No, I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure the studio would actually rather be... Ah, uh, you know what? I, I can't say for sure. I know when Bungie went independent, Destiny saw some changes that were... that were uh, praised by fans, but then they would do some other changes that weren't, and... They thought maybe, well, now it's because they don't have that Activision money. Hopefully this game... I mean, I wish nothing but best for the studio. That that game is fantastic. Haven't played in a while, I, but... I, I hope it leads to more players checking it out. And I do think, oh, I to think your point about like, the, the Activision money or the EA money, um, they do, in their back pocket, have some Nintendo money because these are guys that did Mario Kart uh, live home circuit. So... They have some cash reserves, but yeah, hopefully it's enough to kind of propel it to what it should be and what it deserves to be. That being said, when games of this caliber go free to play, you do get a, a huge influx of cheaters. So, yep. and bots, yeah, packs, yep. So yeah, we'll see how that, and which also that becomes a big result. investment. Yeah, and that becomes a big investment in and of itself to counter that. So the money gets siphoned off in ways they it shouldn't have to. Yeah, it's 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 it, there's got to be a point. By the way, I know I was like, I'm surprised sports aren't free to play, but there is going to be a point where there's going to be too many free to plays. Like, there's going to be a point where free to plays will, and it's already happening. Ubisoft's uh, Battle Royale came and went. Uh, Amazon had one that came and went. Like, it it used to be if you're free, you're pretty much guaranteeing an audience. But if everything's free, like the, if it's kind of like the race to the bottom thing of the App Store for iOS a few years ago, like. There's going to be a point where that's not going to be enough of a strategy to guarantee you actually have a successful game, even though it was, for a number of years, the strategy to guarantee a successful game, you know? Right. I hope Knockout isn't one of the first to uh, suffer from this shift, but I guess we shall see. At least we have each other, guys, because we always do private matches, so we never have to worry about finding people to play. It's just us. You know, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll always have each other as long as the servers stay on. We'll keep the lights on. Um, but anyway, yeah, sports. That was sports. Was there anything else you guys want to talk about in terms of sports games? Uh, nope. Fair. 
Angel? Not at this very moment, yeah. Well, then let's do a quick genre pivot, because I know something you do want to talk about, Angel. Fighting games. Or, well, yeah, no, fighting games. A compilation of fighting games. Um, Capcom announced the Capcom Fighting Collection a few weeks back. Coming to all platforms, which included, out this June. Interestingly, the first ever time Darkstalkers will appear on a Nintendo platform. And, um, yeah, Angel, I, you, you wanted to touch on this, I think. That's what you were telling me anyway. So uh, what what caught your eye about this? Um, Kind of that, what you just said, the fact that this is the first time Darkstalkers is appearing on a Nintendo console. That oh, being... I stole your thunder. <laughs> no. Um, not, I mean, that, that's what was one of my favorite at least Capcom fighting game properties. It was just, it is very interesting compared to, you know, your Street Fighters and such, just because, you know, it's just different. It just, the creature designs were interesting. Everything about it was just unique. But the unfortunate thing about this is that this is definitely a test, which unfortunately, like Darkstalkers, like as passionate of a fan base as it has, like, Unfortunately, I guess it just seems that like no one buys their games. Like everyone says, and by everyone, you know, I'm just when I'm follow, when I'm following the general discourse around Darkstalkers, like just fans clamoring for a remake, a sequel, like something new about it. And Capcom releases like remakes or collections. The last one being Darkstalker Resurrection for I think PS3, and yeah, people didn't buy it, and it just kind of died that way. Like, the closest thing we get to new Darkstalkers is just Morrigan and Felicia, two of the main characters, the cat and the succubus, appearing, like, in every Marvel versus game. And, yeah, so I guess unless this does well, I guess it's just going to be another time that we don't get any more Darkstalkers, because, like, no one's going to buy it. Because, I mean, this is what, like, the unseenth time that we have these versions of Street Fighter with online? Well, there's no actual, there's only one Street Fighter in the compilation, which is Hyper Street Fighter 2. Interesting that they went with that one, but yeah, I mean, they but they I, have a couple Street Fighter spinoffs. Yeah, at least with that one, Fighter Mini Mix, Super Puzzle Fighter Two Turbo, which I'm excited for. But yeah, the bulk of the compilation it's ten games in total. The bulk is actually like the vibe of Darkstalkers. There's Darkstalkers, the Night Warriors. There's its sequel, which is called Night Warriors Darkstalkers Revenge, which they literally just switched the subtitle to become the title. Anyway, there's Vampire Savior One and Two. There's Vampire Hunter Two. There's uh. Red Earth, which I think is an arcade-only fighter that for the first time ever is going to be available on a home console. There's something that sounds straight out of Transformers, Cyberbots, Full Metal Madness, and then there's the two puzzle games in Hyper Street Fighter. So yeah, in terms of like a Capcom compilation, to your point, it's, it's very minimally Street Fighter, actually, for once. Yeah, but the puzzle... Yeah, the puzzle fighter, I know, is definitely a fan favorite. I mean, that was definitely... Yep. Just because I definitely hear yep. a lot of people playing or talking about that one. So that's pretty cool. And it's online now. They're all going to be online. Full ro- rollback netcode. Yeah, I hope um, this does Online well. matchmaking that's ranked and casual for folks like me and custom. You know, there's going to be training modes for newcomers. There's going to be, like, apparently, like, 500 pieces of art and 400 songs. Like, this is, like, a legit compilation, even though it is a re-release for, like, the 15,000th time mm. of some of these. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully Capcom or hopefully people buy this and then you know, and then Capcom like goes ahead and just make something else out of this. But I guess I'll have to say. Like maybe a new puzzle fighter or a new Dark Stalker or something. But I guess time will Yeah. Come. Yeah, I mean and I'm kinda of curious, like what do what is their takeaway? If someone buys this, 
for Darkstalkers. How do they know they bought it for Darkstalkers and not for Puzzle Fight? I guess they could look at the play stats because, like, you know, for someone like me, like, if I were to buy this, I only care about Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. I loved the Game Boy Advance version of that game. Um, and Tim Cuts actually, like, pretty cleverly took a basic puzzle mechanic and kind of worked it into a pseudo-fighting game. Like, have you... Andrew, you're saying you know people love it. Have you ever played it? Or, Kevin, have you ever played it? Um, puzzle Fighter? No, I've played, played it once, but never really played it. I know Elvis, my brother, really plays it a lot. Or really liked it. At least on the mobile phone. He really loved the mobile phone version. They kept that going for, like, a month and then shut it down. I was really bummed. Because, yeah, it was it was yeah, he pretty was really... true to the core game. Yeah, he yeah. loved that game. So it was even a more... And it had Phoenix Rider in it. So it makes it more of a weird bummer that they just, poof, just shut got it rid of it. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing about it was pretty clever. Because it, it is ultimately, like, a, you know, you match, like, colored blocks to clear them, you know, as you would do in Puzzle League or Tetris or whatever. But what was kind of cool about it, and even the mobile one did this, is there's... Like kind of a second layer beyond just clearing the rows because there's like a counter system. So if you clear a row, you're not – if I remember correctly, you're not just sending garbage blocks back to the other screen. You're actually sending literal counters that are time blocks that if your opponent doesn't clear in time will turn into colored blocks that will then mess up their combos in progress. So if you're able to send those over in mass, obviously you know that's like doing lots of little combos. And if you were able to create a score I think it's a square of four of the same color on your side. You then send over like a super power combo, like bigger thing that sends even more exponentially higher number of counter like garbage blocks. And it, it's kind of, it felt like as you're playing it, that you're like landing combos and perfect combos. And there's like the tug of war between you and the opponent that comes with that, you know, kind of fighting game, like nailing the combo feeling. And yeah, it just is like really cool. It kind of reminds me of how, like, Pokemon Puzzle Challenge could make a puzzle match for, like, an actual, like, battle. Like, this was the same sort of thing. So, I hope it does one. I hope the play stats show they could do a sequel. Or, or even for Darkstalker fans, like you're saying, Angel. Hopefully enough people buy it and it does well enough on the online scene that maybe they give it another go. Yeah, the unfortunate but, part is that, like, as much as I would want it to succeed, like, you know, one of the questions is, like, am I going to get it? And yeah. right now my answer is kind of like no. It's like I would. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I don't know. It, it, it's tough. Like side. I, if I'm getting it, and honestly, the only reason I would get it, and it is something I'm still debating in my head. Like it's not 100 percent sure. Like I'd be getting it strictly just to support it. Like I'm not even gonna. Like I just have no plans on playing it. I don't have. I got like you know the Street Fighter collection and on switch mm-hmm. i got the street fighter 2 which was a test to get us the street fighter collection on switch so you know like it does work we get that success but yeah yeah like I, I i barely play any of these games anymore so it's like if i get this compilation that's pretty gonna get played am i even gonna have time to play this other one uh, i don't know i guess smash brothers is done as a game that's getting updated <laughs> so yeah there is a chance that something might move in but at the same time, you know, with 80 characters, the meta is always evolving. So, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. I don't know. Maybe I, I, maybe I, I would like... just get it and just leave it downloaded. At least that way, I'll be able to play the Dark Soccer game every once in a while. But, I don't know. I mean, I guess if they do make a new standalone Dark Soccer game, like brand new from the ground up, then maybe that could be the next fighting game I decide to dedicate myself to. But then again... Look what happened to Nickelodeon All-Stars. Like, I mean, Shredder came out. I mean, I, I actually genuinely like that game. But 
yeah, I guess without a consistent stream of people, other people that are consistently interested in it, it just dies on quickly. Like, I don't know, yeah, that Kevin, like, like if it, so fast. If it wasn't for, and I feel like the same thing's going to happen to that WB one. Like, I already have um, less multi versus. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, Great it looks, it looks like game. a more, it, it definitely looks like a more polished game for sure. Um, cause it looks like they had more money. Like, this, obviously, I'm not blaming, um, I forget who developed All Stars Brawl. Like, they, with game what they factory. had, yeah, with what they did, they did a good job. Like, I enjoyed that game. But, yeah, even, I don't even think the polish of the WB game is gonna save it in the long run. It just, I don't know. It's missing something. I don't know what it is yet, but Smash Bros. has it, and these don't. So, yeah, I mean, like, it's like the it's like that spirit, like the soul of it is different. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for your crew, Kevin, um, could you would you see yourself actually playing? Um, I'm already forgetting Titanfall multiplayer free to play game. Apex Legends. Apex yes. Legends. Yeah. Could you see yourself playing Apex Legends if you like? If let's say like Elvis and all of them like just stop playing it all together, like would you still play it or would you eventually just? Would it just die out? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'd still play it, but that's just that's just me. I mean, I I don't oh. want to toot my own horn here, but I am the reason <laughs> that everybody started replaying the game because we played that game see before the first like season started, and then randomly out of the blue, I was like, ah, let me get back into into Apex. And I started playing it a little bit, was starting to fall in love with it again, and then and then um, eventually told the guys like, hey. Play, play Apex with me. And that's what got us to start replaying Apex. Oh, okay. That's a little so do you have a game like that then? Like, if it wasn't for other people playing it, you probably wouldn't bother with it, but you do generally like the game? Is that what Overwatch was? Or everyone just stopped playing it simultaneously? You know what? Overwatch would probably be that game, even though I, I, I stopped playing it. I mean, I know your brother has pretty much stopped playing it. Matthew continues to play it, but... Yeah, for that game for sure. If they were to stop playing it, I too would probably stop playing it. Would have stopped playing it if it wasn't just for me. Stop uh, stopping to play just in general. Uh, I'm sorry that game off was really confusing. <laughs> no, I, I got you. I followed. <laughs> yeah, Jason. What about you? What game? Uh, the the one. You... I mean, okay. Your the joke here is it's every game, but no, the one I can um, specifically cite is Rocket League. If you guys aren't playing it, I won't be playing it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, we do have some. I mean, I, I guess does that go for all the like? Does that also go for Knockout City then? No, I sometimes I play Knockout City without you guys, or more so in the earlier days than now. No, no, hard, that's what I'm saying. Like now, like, match with people. Like if we all drop um, Knockout City, could you see yourself like you know what? I'm just gonna boot it up and go. for I it would continue to check out each new season. Yes. Oh, okay. Because I like to see how they innovate on the idea. Because I think they do some cool stuff. Except the last season with the little hoverboards, I was weak. But for the most part, I mean, <laughs> I the game was this season. The theme was cool. So the, the new season, the because they're transitioning yeah. to free-to-play, the new season is strictly um, best of from the old seasons. And then when they go free-to-play with season six, they'll introduce new mechanics. Again. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like a stopgap because they need to kind of reorient internally at the studio. They have enough old things to have a best of? I feel like it's only been like two seasons. I'm sure there's more, but uh, I, 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 like just, five, I feel like dude. I just remember movies and aliens. Those were kind of the bulk of it, but they did like um, they had like the the I don't even remember, but they had variants. They had different <laughs> modes. They had like the they, they had, had them. 
They had, they they had, had him. Angel, they had him. If you, cool. if you go look, you'll see him. Oh, that's right. They um, had the, the basketball game. And there was also a snow right. one. Yeah, the dunking one. Yeah, there was a, there was they also had balls. like the, the mega matches or like the bigger matches or whatever and then the smaller and like stuff like that. They had like the, um, closing in Battle Royale thing. They have different stuff. Someone understands huh. what I said out there when I'm like the closing in Battle Royale thing. But, some, someone someone out there is like, I got you, Jason. And that, but so I feel like it's always in rotation. Too. I was thinking more of like the special themes. but Oh, fair. Well, the themes haven't been too wild. But yeah, in terms of gameplay, they've been adding different stuff. Like everything we just talked about was not there in season one. And some yeah, it hasn't but... come back since its respective season. Mm. Point is, in June, you'll find something new. So sit tight, Angel. Mr. You don't have time to play anything else anyway, so you're fine. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, which is why I value um, these, like, Wednesday night. Like, yeah, like, if you have a group yeah. of friends that you just pick a day to play games with consistently, those are very valuable. Because I feel, kind of like Jason said, like, if it wasn't for that, we probably wouldn't have experienced Splatoon for as long as we did. Mm-hmm. Knockout City, Rocket League. Occasion with a different group we have, um... That one game Torchlight. that I picked up. Yeah. Rogue Heroes. Torchlight, Rogue Heroes, Minecraft Dungeons. Minecraft Dungeons is actually really my favorite of, the, of those bunch. Yeah, Marvel bunch. Superheroes, which I feel like none okay. of us nope, literally... that's not the name. Marvel Ultimate whatever. Alliance 3, Black, I... The Black Order. Wow, I didn't even realize it was like The Black Order. Oh my gosh. Mar- Marvel Superheroes physical... is just... That's like saying a genre. I mean, it like, was fun. Not but... even a genre. That's just a just such a noun. It's just like there are Marvel superheroes. It, it was literally just a game that occupied our thumbs while we had a conversations. <laughs> Most of them are. Most of them are. Oh well, well, that one weren't particularly more so than others. I feel yeah. like I don't think any yeah. of us really paid attention to the story outside of like what's going on with this like character. Like who's this person? Who's that person? Because yeah, I think really even when to... we even when we gave impressions of the game after the fact on the show like a year ago or so. Um, yeah, we were basically like, yeah, it's like kind of mindless, but fun. But couldn't I did, I did appreciate the mindless. <laughs> I mean, I like the fact that I was able to just mindlessly mash hits while just chatting with friends. Like it, it served a purpose. I don't know if that was an intended one. Like I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sure the, the developers ri- are really yeah. Like I, I apologize to the to the writers and the animators that like I'm that did, I'm sure they did a great job. It's like, oh, didn't you play the, the voice game? Actors. Like, yeah, if I could have seen or paid more attention to it, but you know, like I, I got enjoyment out of it, and I appreciate that. Here's here's how I make them feel better. At the same time that Marvel Ultimate Alliance three came out, we also had Square Enix's The Avengers. One of them you constantly hear about in a negative light. The other one just like peacefully came and went. Which one do you think you'd rather be part of? I did like the character models. I'd love it <laughs> if like Marvel's if a Marvel's Capcom game used those models. I mean, just because they look like. The Marvel's Capcom 3 models. Right, right. You know, actually, to models. bring it all back for a minute to Capcom, there was a thing you are saying about, like, you know, if, like, would you buy it to support it, the Capcom Fine Collection? And I've been patiently waiting to mention this point <laughs> that, spark, that you know, you kind of sparked. And that is, I think this compilation is the proof that not everything needs to be a compilation. Like, I'm not 100% sure if a $40 MSRP for some compilation that maybe you only want one or two games of is the way to go. Like Capcom literally has a free download a la carte, buy what you want, arcade stadium collection also on Switch. So being able to buy just Darkstalkers or just Puzzle Fighter or something like that at like 10 bucks a pop or 8 bucks or whatever, that I think probably both of us would be more willing to do than 
investing full 40, you know? Not to cut off where we were going with the other conversation, but I don't know when I would ever be able to make this point. Yeah, we like, honestly, moving. like, if they just released, <laughs> so. like, you know, like, if they were all a la carte, I probably would. Well, I wouldn't hesitate to buy some of those dark, the Darkstalkers game. And I'd maybe and, like, check get... out one or two of the other ones just because, like, the... What's it called? Yeah. Beast something? The... Uh, there was Cyberbots, uh, Full Metal Madness. One? There was nothing with one. Beasts. There was something... Uh, Red Earth. Vampire Red Earth. Red, that's, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah that's the one that's never been Red on a like, console before. Yeah, there's a few that I'm, like, curious about just, like, for the history of the fighting game anthology of Capcom. Oh, that was a horrible yeah. sentence. I'm just curious about some of them for the history. I don't need to get another Street Fighter 2 hyper... Like I, right. I, I think I've had yeah, but I don't know how many. I have like four Street Fighter twos on my Switch. I don't need another one. And what and what's funny is I guarantee Capcom is making it a forty dollar compilation. Well, one they want more money, but two because they know in their minds people won't buy Red Earth by itself because what the hell is Red Earth? You know, like so to them this makes more sense. But I think they'd be surprised by how m- there is this audience, this like niche but big audience these days that people are just like wanting to try new things. I mean, Nintendo kind of tapped into it with the bizarre selection of Super Nintendo and NES games that they started putting on Switch Online before they brought out N64, you know, when they were doing all the weird games. Like, there is interest in this stuff to some degree. So even if you charge maybe 4 bucks for your emulation of Red Earth instead of 8 bucks for Puzzle Fighter or whatever, like, you'll get some you'll get some pull off that. Like, I don't know. And then they would ultimately get more money because 10 games at 4 to 8 bucks a pop... That's more than forty dollars total. So, theoretically, that's probably a wash, actually, economically speaking. But, but yeah. Um, so, Capcom, just use your existing arcade stadium, is all I'm saying. And then have an online space where friends can play. So we play these games beyond what we would normally past their regular shelf life. That's how you bridge our two conversations, right there. Um. But yeah, uh, was there anything you wanted to say about the 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 play the online thing though, Angel? Like, sort of cut you off because I want to make my Capcom point before I forgot it. No, you, you didn't cut off anything. You were fine. Oh, I felt like I did. Well, okay. Conveniently, I guess um, this does bring us to our next and final topic, which is also about retro games. Um, Nintendo announced that in March of 2023, they will be shutting down the 3DS and Wii U eShops. Which is notable because it's the first time since Nintendo entered the digital storefront space whatsoever that titles that were available at one point in time suddenly will not be. Like even when they closed the Wii Shop channel and the DSi Shop, those libraries lived on within the 3DS and Wii Wii Shops. This time, not so much. You'll be able to download previously purchased games on whatever given system if you know if you have them you can redownload them but you can't get anything new after March 2023 and that is a first in Nintendo history they can stop physical production but stuff is still in circulation here that's it it's gone and that of course brings up all sorts of questions about accessibility to these games and preservation of these games and um when the news first broke Nintendo actually had a section of their FAQ that directly addressed this concern like literally the question posed was and actually, yeah, I'm just going to read it. The question was, many classic games for past platforms will cease to be available for purchase anywhere. Will you make classic games available to own some other way? Doesn't Nintendo, this is written by Nintendo, doesn't Nintendo have an obligation to preserve its classic games by continually make continually making them available for purchase? 
So someone at Nintendo clearly thought about these concerns, but they were seemingly overruled because the answer that followed was essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, well, 130 games are on Switch Online and have new features. What more do you need? And then in a more direct quote, their answer where they basically said, we have Switch Online, be quiet. The final sentence of their answer was, we currently have no plans to offer classic content in other ways. And then about two hours after that, that entire portion of their FAQ about the eShop closure uh, was completely removed from the website and hasn't come back. So, yeah, it's not exactly an ideal situation that the games are kind of gone because, like, on one hand, you know, Nintendo rightfully protects their IPs like no other and has been shutting down piracy and emulation and ROMs left and right. You know, there's that story, what was it, like a month ago about a guy fittingly named Gary Bowser who received a three-year uh, prison sentence for hacking the Switch to run emulators and ROMs and pirated material. Uh, so, like, on the one hand, Nintendo's going to not let people find other ways to distribute their stuff. But at the same time, they're pulling the rug out from under legitimate ways to access these games. And since this is the first full digital closure of a platform for Nintendo, it means, you know, the first time that games will be completely inaccessible. They won't be in circulation at used game stores unless you luck out with buying a used console that has it on it for some reason, like pre-installed. You won't be able to find them in a local library or some archive. It's just, you know, Nintendo who has them. And Nintendo, who's keeping them away? And I'm sure some, like, let's be real, some are, of course, could come back in the form of, like, Switch Online perks or Mario 3D All-Stars, like, from the Nintendo Vault-style releases. But a lot of the lesser games, I don't think we're ever going to see them again. And it's kind of a problem we've been circling with streaming and games as services and whatnot for a few years now. You know, we've talked about before as this eventuality to the way that not just games, but TV and movies too, like, you know, they're all moving digital. What's that mean when they decide to not have the main war anymore? But um, now, here in our little Nintendo bubble, it's actually happening in actuality. Here we are. Like, does it bother you guys at all? Like, in terms of how you play or access games? Like, are there going to be games that you won't, that you're going to miss, so to speak? Like, where, where do you stand on this actually happening for real now? I don't know. I think because this is a year out, I feel like I have all the time in the world to grab anything or re-download anything that I want before it's gone. Right. And, and, and to be clear, you'll be able to keep re-downloading. The server's staying online if you yeah, already purchased the game. Yeah. Oh, even less so. Then, yeah, because, I mean, I feel like I've already bought in everything I wanted. Um, Yeah, I mean, as far as game preservation goes, yeah, that is a huge bummer. Um, at least like game preservation in a legal sense, but yeah, that is a huge bummer. But I don't know. I, I, it feels weird to say, but like I don't see it as a big of a deal as others do. Um, yeah, I mean, it is annoying that Nintendo ultimately is gonna make us buy Super Mario Brothers again at some point down the road after the Switch is long done and stuff. And yeah, it's also not that great that the selection of games we do have right now on the Switch due to the subscription service are, you know, for all accounts or by all accounts just attached to subscription. Like we don't have, we don't own Mm -hmm. them the way we did any of the previous generation virtual console titles, which yeah, that is also a bummer. I'm going to keep using that word now. Um, Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I wish they would still keep supporting it but you know at this point yeah you have a year you have no excuse not to download what you want and preserve the games you want to but keep what if the console well 
What if you're a retro gamer in three years and you really need that copy of Kersploosh from the 3DS eShop? How, how, how do you get that at that point? That's gotta, the thing. Like, I'm not too concerned about us in this moment. I'm thinking, like, if we were to hypothetically switch teams, so to speak. I mean, for me, you guys already are multiplayer. So you're saying, like, say, I was like, like I'm going to get a so, PlayStation. So let's go back to Little Timmy. Play, like, Little Timmy. Is yeah. Let, let's, 20, oh, Little Timmy. Yeah. Long, yeah, little, long yeah, time, li- long time Ram Nintendo mascot, Little Timmy. Little you know, Timmy little did t- something with his hair. Does he look different to you guys? Uh, I, yes, he's I, going, like, you know how emo's coming back, like, pump punk and that sort of thing he's 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 leaning in on when we were young fest but he doesn't understand why and it just doesn't work for him yeah, yeah so, so so little timmy yeah. just um he just got out of i don't know he just got out of school or he's done with school essentially like he's he's graduated he's has his first job he's like he's looking to get into collecting and i guess he's like you know what i played some nintendo games here and there let me collect all the nintendo games so you're talking about this this scenario right at some point, they decided, you know what? I want to get a full collection of every game released on not, the. Not, not even that. And and by the way, Kevin, if you weren't already having a quarter life crisis, little Timmy is now apparently graduating school. When at the time that this podcast <laughs> Yo, started, he was in like kindergarten. <laughs> so, we need to calm down. Oh, not even little Tim anymore. You're right. He's just Tim. He's just Tim. <laughs> just Tim. He's not Timmy. Oh, He's just Tim. God. Uh, but I don't think, we can no, I don't like think it's either. so much to, to keep aging. In a few months, he'll yeah, be right, right. old man Tim. Yeah, yeah. old Tim, old Timothy. But so, um, yeah, so, so I guess no, Jimmy I don't think Chris it's a collector. And now it's like, dang it, he can't download it. What's he gonna do? Yeah, so, it's it's kind of that. Maybe not the collector. He can't get it. Uh, yeah, and that's what kind of sucks. It's like another way of looking at it is, um, let's say I'm jumping ship from Nintendo. I want to check out Sony, and I've heard great things about Loco Roco back in the PSP days, right? And I, you know, I like everything Sony's putting out now. I like their cinematic, slanted, you know, first-party releases that are very big and glitzy and purdy and all that. But I kind of heard cool things about this now, I think, closing Japanese studio that made Loco Roco, and I want to try Loco Roco. If Sony were doing what Nintendo's doing, and surprisingly, uh, the Vita store is still up and running 10 years strong, I guess, because Vita means life. To be, but, fair, um, to be fair, hold on. To be fair, that was hmm. only because there was so much outrage that they were about That's to true. close the That Vita is true. That's a very shop. good point. So Vita meant life to the fans as much as it did in definition. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, I might watch out Loco Roco. And if I can't, I can't just go to a pawn shop or use Game Store or whatever and like hunt it down. I now have to hunt down a PSP that has it pre-installed. Wait, Loco Roco? Shouldn't you be able to? There if it were digital, of it? I'm, I'm using oh. a hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's a bad example because like, it was on a UMD. Hook you up with one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's on UMD. I know, but it's the first thing I could think of that's kind of like niche, but has a following. So I'm just thinking yeah, like yeah, Chris yeah. Blue isn't the one that's going to move mountains, but there's going to be some the Pushmo series, Crashmo, whatever. On, that one makes sense. You know, Ketzel's Corners. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Ketzel's Corners. Yeah, uh, but. Whatever it is, you know, there's got to be some Box Boy, the early editions of Box Boy. Like, obviously, you can play the later ones oh, yeah. now on the Switch, but how you get the early one? Like, it's, it, you're oh, going to oh, hit yeah. this wall it, if you are a fan of something. Yeah, and one that, now that I think about it, you know, as Pokemon continues to be as popular as it is, because, you know, that's not stopping, Tim, at some point, is going to either forget, he, he either forgot or he's going <laughs> to, or he's going to be reminded at some point that, like, wait a minute. Game Freak made other games, and then he's gonna look yeah. up, you know, 
That one about Temple the elephant. Badass elephant. Yeah, and then he's gonna remember yep. like, oh wait a minute, what's this harmonite? I want to play this game. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't. Exactly. And harmonite's interesting um, because Adult it also sad. It, it depressed him. <laughs> <laughs> drinking heavily, Tim. Oh, um, receding hairline, Tim. Receding <laughs> hairline, Tim. <laughs> but oh. yeah, I was going to say that, um, no, like, Harmonite's a good example because not only is it a cool game in and Wait, of itself, yes, but emo like... dyed haircut with the receding hairline? Well, no, 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 no. You see, we see him now with his emo haircut. But as he gets depressed about not being able to access Harmonite, which ironically is one of the most colorful, probably ch- kitty-looking games until put on the 3DS, and I, don't, I say that with respect, um... Yeah, his his hairline's gonna recede hard. Yeah, that emo hair just go disappear overnight <laughs> from the stress. Wow. Yeah, it's gonna be but, quite a case um, study. Like it's not even genetic. It's just <laughs> no. It's it's, it's strictly Nintendo's Nintendo. actions. Yeah, this is what we're dealing with here. That's what I'm saying. But no, the I think Harm Knight like is a good example because not only is it kind of an interesting game, but it also um, if you're interested in like Pokemon and its history and Game Freak's history, James Turner, who's now the art director for a lot of the Pokemon games, including Sword and Shield. One of his first like things he cut his teeth on in terms of his own style was Harmonite. Like that was his art. That was his doing. And he now he's one of the few game freak people that have like a presence online and like a following and stuff. So if you're a fan of him and you want to check out his early work, you gotta pirate it. Which seems silly. So should you not buy it in the next year. But um I mean, Ken, where are you stand on all this? Obviously, you know, Andrew and I have, have our feelings, but you haven't really chimed in. Um I mean, I've always been the the guy on this podcast to be like, Nintendo was insane that they just don't have like a directory of like, hey, the, you you bought it on this console, now you own it on this other one. Like the fact that every console generation we are buying Super Mario Brothers all over again. Um, yeah, and and you know stuff like this does lead to piracy, right? 100%, that being said, which they're also clamping down on. Yeah. That being said, you know, this was bound to happen. And the same way that the same way that it happened with the Vita, I'm sure the outrage will cause Nintendo to to rethink how like how long it's gonna take for them to, to shut it down. I mean they already said a year. Um I, I wouldn't feel be surprised like that if that already... gets extended maybe. I feel like that has the lesson baked in because wasn't Vita's shut down like three months warning or something and now Nintendo's doing like a year plus? Yeah, but I could see that maybe as a reaction to the Vita stuff. Yeah, possibly. And with that being said, I mean, this is bound to happen and it will will continue to happen, right? Game Mm -hmm. preservation is a tough subject to discuss. Uh, especially when it comes to people like Nintendo that are really, really heavy into, hey, our game, you can just no longer buy this game. Right. Um, right. But, I mean, at this point, it's something that we have to get used to, unfortunately. The fact, that, like, in our digital age. Um, yeah. And it's going to be true in every format, every medium. Yeah. Yep. Music. That being said, Everybody I hope that it. these developers, you know, put out their games out for free. So that you can get them on PC or something, or 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 sell them on Steam if 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 they can. Like if you if those devs games are going to be lost in the eShop forever, like I I would hope that they would 
probably put them up on like Steam or itch.io or some online marketplace. Mm-hmm. The the thing Which I is find expensive, kind of funny. But, I mean, that's the only way that I can think of these developers still getting paid for these without, you know, somebody just going out of their way to to uh, to pirate these games. Yeah, and I, I think a good number of third party ones are have over the years made that transition. You know, like even stuff from the early days, like we were exclusive, World of Goo. That's on everything now. It's even on phones. It's like a lot of the like bigger ones have made the jump. The ones that have the potential to still reach an audience. So it's really the first party stuff that seems like it's just gonna sort of be lost in the sands of time. But the thing I find funny is Nintendo seems to know there will now be a level of demand around these games. Like we see it in how they're phasing out the eShop. You know, first um, they announced in February that they're gonna do it. And then in May is when they cut off adding new funds to your account, and then way in March of next year is when they actually shut it down. So there is like a pacing here to give people time to access stuff between now and then, which Angel was kind of your original point. Um, and I feel like even to some degree, they're turning this into a weird marketing opportunity. Like they, in tandem with the announcement, they launched um, a neat little website that lets you see your top played games, genres, and time spent uh, with both your 3DS and your Wii U. And of course, all that data comes in ready to share images for social media so folks can highlight what they played and generate some like light word of mouth around these older titles and systems. Like, it kind of feels like a mini version of the scarcity tactic they used to drive sales of uh, Mario 3D All-Stars. Like, it's clever if it wasn't also a bummer, but it is kind of a clever way to, like, get a little extra push of money at the very end. Um, so with that in mind, since Nintendo is giving that opportunity to go back and grab some 3DS or Wii U games that may have been missed, uh, it feels like now's the moment to share some recommendations for everyone out there. Like, we've been around the eShop block more than a few times. I think this podcast literally launched six months after the first eShop debuted on the 3DS. Stop. So we've stop, seen it. Stop. <laughs> so my point is we've seen it all. And in that all, there's been some cool experiences. So um, I don't know, dude, should we just round robin this and just each, you know, each of us picked a couple games that you could still get right now on 3DS or Wii U eShop, but only on those eShops. Yeah, I'll, and, I'll start off. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I don't have any games because I... It, I didn't <laughs> barely played my 3DS and did not have a, a Wii U, so I will defer to you guys. Well, what a great start! What a wonderful round robin this has been, <laughs> um, Angel. Do you? I think I know why your picks, Angel. But so I mean, why don't you I, go first and let's see if I'm I mean, right. I already named dropped a few. I mean, definitely Harmonite. That's an amazing yeah, one. That was one of mine. Fun little, yeah. fun little game that I definitely recommend. I mean, even Kessel's Corridors. I mean, that one's fun for a little while. Probably not worth however much I paid for it. Maybe cut that by seventy five percent. Yeah. Wasn't well, it only like seven bucks to begin with? Yeah. No, I, I think Kessel's was maybe a little more. I don't know why. I, oh, I hope I'm wrong. Been. It might have been eight bucks, but been. like seven ninety nine. But I feel like five is perfect. Yeah, five. Um, besides that, you know, anything by the... Actually, this isn't just eShop anymore. I think it used to be, but... You know, the Renegade Kid stuff, that was pretty good. Mm. You know, be mm-hmm. it the Moon or Dementium or the Muted Muds games, which is probably more at home at on the 3DS. But, yeah, and I mean, I obviously have to mention Rhythm Heaven Megamix. I mean, that one is... Of course. Like, that one is probably one of the bigger games you could get on the 3DS from Nintendo that I feel is, like, just so much value in that one game. Because it's pretty much three games in one plus more like it's 
you get almost all the games from Rhythm Heaven Wii, DS, and Game Boy Advance. Plus, like, 80 more on top of that or some ridiculous number. On top of, like, side games, multiplayer, collectibles, lore, infinite minigames. Like, there's so much in there. And, I mean, besides that, um, damn, there was another one that I had on my top of my tip of my tongue. Oh! Um, at least right now, they're only available on the eShop, I think, but Ace Attorney 5 and 6, um, mm-hmm. I don't think they're available on mobile yet. All the other ones are, you know, one, actually, I don't think Ace Attorney Apollo Justice, so 4 isn't available anywhere else either. So, yeah, definitely those. That's, I mean, they're eventually going to come to iPads and such, it's a matter of time. I'm sure it's a contract thing because it seems like Capcom is more than happy to throw Phoenix right everywhere it possibly can. But I mean, that's just Capcom in general, as we were discussing yeah. with the fine collection. They just we, love re releasing yeah, things. So, if anything, I'm sure they'll probably come to the Switch at some point, which you know would make them feel nice at home next to the great Ace Attorney. Although, I feel like at this point, they deserve a physical release. And honestly, at this point, just give us like a Five and six, like, physical game. I'll buy that. I mean, it's a single-player game, whatever. But, yeah, Ace Attorney and the Pushmos are also great. But, yeah, I'm sure pretty much it's, all of them. Yeah, no, they're all... And and you can get, I think, a physical version of Crash Mo World on the Wii U still. But, yeah, the early Pushmos are only digital. So I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, yeah. If If you go even further back... Because the DSi DSiWare was, you know, available on the 3DS too. Oh, yeah, the Shantae, um, but that's already available yeah. everywhere. That oh yeah, that's true. I, I was gonna say the uh, art style games, which are these little puzzle games, and then there's a lot of interesting little puzzle games. Like there's the art style games. There's one called Picto Bits. There's which is like a color matching thing. Um, there was it's not a puzzle game at all, but there's one from Q Games um, from the guy that did Dylan uh, Kuthberg who did the original Star Fox called uh, Xscape. Oh, yeah, Dylan's like Running Western. Escape. I forgot about that game. Oh yeah, Dylan's Running Western. That's a good one. I can never play it because they didn't have a left-handed mode, which was dumb because like it's stylus-driven, and Miyamoto's left-handed. But yeah, um, that, that I've, I know Elvis loves those. Yeah, um, but Xscape is one I recommend checking out. It's it's quir- it it doesn't work great. Like it's not the best playing game you you are in first person in these kind of like vector graphic like tron aesthetic big colored blocked worlds and you're in first person tank and you're like doing missions and stuff and use the stylus to steer and it's a little janky but it's just it's a sequel to i think a virtual boy game or something or whatever or no 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 an early game boy game um but either way called x but either way like it's it's kind of this weird little slice of like star fox adjacent Nintendo history, but um, the one the ones I really want to highlight, and again, they're not necessarily the best games, but we're not going to see much like this. The photo based games, like you may remember for a minute, they're like Nintendo tried to do stuff with cameras. The DSi had one, the 3DS had multiple for the 3D photos, and early in both of those systems' lives, Nintendo really tried to make games around those camera systems. And like I said, they weren't the best games, they weren't the longest games. They weren't the deepest games, but they were unique. That That's for sure. They're unique. And if there's one thing that Nintendo, I don't think, is going to go back to in you know the Switch and post-Switch world, I think it... Well, actually, there's two things they're not going to go back to. One is they're never going to do Rusty's Real Deal Baseball again. 
Like that whole system of haggling actual real life money for purchases in game and you determining the price of the microtransaction. Oh, yeah, that yeah that's not going to be a thing that. Yeah, that's not going to happen again. Um, but there's a second thing they're not going to do again. I don't think it's going to be cameras for core gameplay. Uh, and I think Face Raiders, which is bundled with the 3DS, is probably the best known example of their camera gameplay stuff. And it was a pretty cool early example of like AR experimentation that was way ahead of its time. But there are maybe three other like prime examples no, if you want to experience arcade, like this. I forgot about that. So oh yeah, Badger Arcade. So many Rhythm Heaven pins and all the Pokemon yeah. words. No. Although that's not even really a game as much as it's just like a... It's a, an app, a, but it, it was a yeah. game. The, the claw machine was a game, but yeah. Fair, fair. But yeah, no, I was going to say, if you want to do the camera... Like, if you want to experience this piece of Nintendo history where they tried to do stuff with cameras beyond just face bears, there are three examples I would recommend checking out. And they're all relatively cheap because they're all relatively uh, shallow. Um, so first on DSiWare was WarioWare Snapped. It was a launch title. It's probably the most forgotten about WarioWare. Uh, it's much smaller than the other WarioWare. It's like five bucks and has only four of the cast members with their own sets of mini games versus you know eight, ten, whatever. But all those mini games, you line up your face and hands with a silhouette on the screen, and then physically move around to complete the mini games. And because it's WarioWare, the game then embarrasses you with a slideshow of how goofy you look after you do that set of mini games. So it's it's just it's like such a weird little piece of Nintendo history and. Um, and if you want real maximum embarrassment, there's another one called Photo Dojo, which was also from, I believe, DSiWare. That's the pinnacle of it because you're actually making fighters out of you and your friends by taking, I think it's about a dozen or so photos per fighter, including taunts, if I remember correctly. And then you record sound bites of all your things you say, like your grunts, your dialogue, your victory, your your loot, your loss, whatever. Um, and then you pit these silly-looking photo fighters against one another with the backdrop being what else? Another photo you've taken of an environment, a room, or whatever. Uh, but what's kind of neat is that like it is simplistic and it is really bare-bones, but it does have different fighter styles and abilities. So it's kind of like if you have a couple friends over or whatever and just want to set up the, your 3DS or your DSi and just sort of prop it up. Like It is kind of a fun little light-hearted group experience for at least a few minutes, and it's priced appropriately for that. Um, don't try and do single-player. Single player is a joke. It's it, you fight a hundred enemies and that's it. Like that's literally it. It's not made for that. It's basically a tech demo. But it's, again, it's this little piece of Nintendo history that like is going to be lost in the annals of time here. Um, the third game I was going to mention is probably the most elaborate of the photo games, and it took a generational leap to the 3DS to happen. And that is Chibi Robo Photo Finder, which we actually talked about way back in like episode somewhere in the double digit episodes, like fifty or sixty or something. Um, and and weirdly, even though this game uses the camera, it, it is kind of more true to, like, core Chibi Robo gameplay than most of the other later entries in the franchise. Uh, but its big hook is that instead of going around a virtual world finding objects to make people happy, you're instead given silhouettes and need to find something that matches those shapes in real life. You then snap the photo with your 3DS. It's mapped onto the 3 3D object in the game, uh, which... It, it got kind of wacky because obviously you didn't need to do the item they had envisioned so people do weird stuff but also like the camera didn't like the silhouettes didn't line up super well it was a little finicky so it's kind of janky at times but um but the whole object hunt thing is kind of interesting and it's cool how they kind of baked it into a normal chibi robo experience like quirky characters and mini games and whatnot it's not the strongest entry, but again, it's all those things like this is not going to be recreated on any other Nintendo system ever. So, like, if you really want sort of like a unique slice of Nintendo history, like this and Photo uh, Photo Dojo and WarioWare Snapped are probably like three good examples of something that will get lost in time. 
Um, but if you want quality stuff, everything you said, Angel, I think pretty much is, hits the nail on the head. So, those are some recommendations yeah. for you guys to throw money at. Um, so yeah, I think we'll I think we'll leave you all with that. Some oldies but goodies but weirdies to go download on your you know now retro 3ds and Wii U. One final twist of the knife there, Kevin. The 3ds and Wii U are now retro systems. Um, but yeah, meanwhile we'll be back in two weeks' time with our next episode, back in its usual Sunday release day, uh, March 13th for that one which is actually the start of Daylight Savings Time when I looked it up. So theoretically, this episode's going to be an hour early, kind of, because Do we lose or do we gain an hour? We jump ahead. So we lose an hour? Yes. Wait, when is this happening? So what, March 13th, when our next episode goes live. Oh, my God. Where's yeah. the time going? Didn't we vote so that this would be the last time to do that? or what I don't know when it's that? supposed to end, but we did say we wanted it to end, and then the government's like, cool, and proceeded not to do anything with that information. Sweet. You know what I never understood? Hmm. Time zones. It, well, I they're get them a relic to a certain point. People. Yeah. Like, I it has to, like, why not just like Japan a universal and here. Time? Why not well, just like because, a universal time, oh, right? Because then three, some people are stuck three. in night, it being awake and dead at night. No, 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 no. They'd be yeah. awake whenever day is. They would just start their day, like say, like at 6 p.m. Like, oh, that's yeah. just... Well, that's not day would, anymore. That's night. Because <laughs> the oh, sun will be cares? down. Who cares? It would just... It would well, all be based humans, around the United States oh, or whatever time oh, Well, yes. There we go. That's the spirit. There we go. Like, you forget that... I mean, it's no different than... I don't know, maybe the days of the week. I mean, at some point, everyone decided that it's just going to be Monday through Friday, right? No one decided Monday through Sunday. Well, I mean, yeah, who but cares if you're like what you label hours, like... what, but what you label the solar cycle of a given time versus being told you don't get a solar cycle, you live on a lunar cycle because you're in night mode essentially. Because the no, US but, is the one that gets the daylight. You wouldn't be like that in, seems in night mode. You would be. We can't move where the sun. We can't change how the sun. No, we're rises, just we're just we're just changing what time they read. Like yeah. they can still do everything they want when the sun is out. They would just have, like, if it's six o'clock. Oh, yeah, I thought yeah, you meant literally like their sun, being. Their sun would be out to what is our equivalent of six p.m. So, so like or or like midnight. So like yeah. while it's our midnight, you know, it's also twelve o'clock over there, or I guess in. Across seas, it would be what? How's that zero, work when there's more? Um, would be how's like that work day? when you can be more than twenty four hours ahead? Just in that, so I'm, I'm 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 done with this. Because <laughs> there's like sometimes as I think are like you know Australia is like more than a day ahead of us, isn't it? Is that possible? Am I making something up? Is that possible? I don't think it. I mean, isn't technically everyone at the same time as us? Just yeah. Because. Right? No, so but I mean, we all exist at the like, same time, right? They're not technically yeah. they're technically not ahead of us. <laughs> no, no, no. But they're what I mean, older is, over I mean there. is no. Well, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, what I mean is, what I mean is, like, if you're saying, okay, well, one a.m. is is you know lunchtime for one group of people, and twelve p.m. is lunchtime for us. I think there's not enough hours to account for all the different time zones. So someone's going to be eating at like we have to make like a thirteen p.m. or something. No, no, no. They would no. still be eating the, you, 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 at, at the time. I think you're misunderstanding what we're saying. Yeah, you, you keep what trying to fit everything. Like everything, everyone is still going to have their 24 hour cycle. It's just it just starts at different times. Whatever time yeah. makes sense for them. Like the sunrise would start at like 
it, it would be 8 p.m. for us, but like in some so other time of the world, sunrise would be at so 8 p.m. and they start their day zones. at 8 p.m. So literally time zones. I, did I not start this by saying, you know what I never understood? Time zones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're describing time zones, zones that just are labeled slightly different. different. <laughs> Yeah, let's 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 wrap this before we go too far down this rabbit hole. It's too late. I think everyone's tuned out. But if you're still here listening, I mean, wouldn't it be so much easier if, they could, if we could? People could just tell yes, me, just would. call me at eight p.m. or just call me at seven p.m. Yeah, and just, just know that, they, yeah, and just know that they actually mean that, not like. But yeah, that doesn't like. See, see, like, that's gotta, what I'm saying. Doesn't work. Call at nine p.m. I, I don't think that works because I think you're ahead by six hours or. I mean, sure, when they're awake, they might still say "call me at three a.m." and I'll be like, "Oh, that's inconvenient," but you know, that's just what works for them. Then that's fine. I, are there more than 24 hour like what's the farthest time zone from us around 13 is it in either direction i think like a full day when you consider time, time zones i think it's like 36 hours okay see so how would that work that's my point so if you say call me at 3 a.m but they're just, at the other end of 36 hours time we just go we just we just go th- with a universal time frame everybody's on the same day Starting, but the poor dude. Who, but the poor twenty twenty three. But the poor dude who's at hour twenty five. What what does he call it? it? It it doesn't matter what he calls it because he is going to live under this new time frame, right? Yeah. January first, twenty twenty three. It just erases everything. When it becomes, well, I guess all I'm saying is, the, guys, we need coast. to come up with names after twelve p.m. and twelve a.m. It can't just go from one from twelve to twelve. It has no, to be yeah, like, it absolutely can. No, it can't because someone's like over cycled through a few times. If I say call me at three a.m., is it their three a.m. or is it their three a.m. too? If if yes yes exactly it would be it would be if you say no not two as in T W O two as in also yes exactly so 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 instead of like (laughs) expecting a call from like uh, Mexico's ahead of us by what two hours yeah are they behind they're ahead. Their head. So, like, if somebody over there says, says, like, I will call you at 9 p.m. Over here in America, I'm thinking, okay, so that means that I'm going to get a call at 6 p.m., right? No. How about we mm-hmm. just equalize it the entire way? So, when she says, I'm going to call you at 9 p.m., I, myself, here in America, think, okay, she's going to call at 9 p.m. Yeah. So, we have to... It will we, technically we be to... her 12 p.m., but... But, but we're at just, 9 p.m. both sides. Yeah. yeah. So it's, That's it. yeah. We, so the, the time zone range goes from minus 12 to plus 14. So all I'm oh, saying right. is in order hours. for this to work, we need to make additional hours up. No, that, cause if I say 9 p.m., <laughs> there, it's, it, it doesn't, there's not enough times so that we can all like line up our 9 p.m.s cause it exceeds. We're not trying to line up like our 9 p.m.s to land on the exact yeah, same not, time. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're not. No, no, no. You're missing what I'm saying. There, there's more. Wait, this is still hours. being recorded, huh? I it is. <laughs> I we were still on the Nintendo podcast. This is turning to you. This is, we, this is how you transition into an Arnon episode, I guess. Um, no, anyway, I, I guess what right, I'm saying. We, we gotta, is, we gotta hash this out. There's, all right, go. All, all I'm saying, and this will be the last thought, and then we'll wrap up. And if anyone's still listening, props to you, you mad person. All I'm saying is, if hey, there is a time zone word? range, yeah, if there's a time zone range, <laughs> if there's a time zone range from negative 12 to plus 14, that is more than 24 we, hours, but, which but means if you want a universal right? time, you have to accommodate for those people 
who are beyond no, you don't. No, you the don't. 24 no, you don't. So choices. Whoever, whoever is plus 12 right now, right, 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 who's ever plus yeah. 12 right now, the next yeah. 12 hours do not exist. It stays <laughs> at 10 p.m. It stays. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Okay. They, they just stop, and, and we'll just call stop it the clocks until, and we'll call it... <laughs> until we synchronize. Right. Yeah, like, and and, 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 and clearly it's going to be like, called like, Murph. Oh, time, I don't right? want to change the clock Let's twice see. a year. You know what? We're going to make people stop their clock for two hours every day or X amount of hours. Let's get out of here. And it'll I'm be tired. called Murka time. It's Murka uh, time. And yeah, you know exactly. what? Why don't we put it? We'll put it in Spain. It could be their siesta period where they're napping anyway, and they won't know the difference. I guess it essentially would have to be. Would you say plus twelve and minus fourteen? We would have to it's, wait uh, at whoever's minus fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we can we can tilt that. That's all based on Greenwich Mean Time. That's based on. Britain being the center of everything from the old empire. So if we if we pivot it to Whatever make it so eight. siesta time in Spain can just be imaginary time that doesn't exist, problem solved. Because they take like a two hour siesta every day, right? And that's the difference we need two hours. And then Pokemon think... can be based there. And in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, it can it can be what introduces the system to the world because it is based in the Spanish in a Spanish region. It's perfect. It all comes together. We figured it out. Well, we're gonna have that in a later episode. I, I'm not done with this. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, th- I still feel like you did you didn't completely understand what we're saying. Otherwise, no, I get what you're saying. You're, you're you're saying you can just have a universal time. So when you tell someone 9 p.m., it doesn't matter where the sun is. 9 p.m. is constantly 9 p.m. What I'm saying is there's not exactly enough hours in the entire world. The, yeah, then then the, what's yeah. the, what's the problem? Like, why do there's you not enough hours? With, there, there what? aren't How? places that have more than twenty four hours in a given day. Yeah, they're all twenty four. No, hours, there right? aren't. But there are more. Ti- the time zone range is bigger. So if you tell someone nine p.m. and you want it to be the same for you and them, no, it's impossible. that's not. What we're we're not trying to make Mexico's nine p.m. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you if you're saying, hey, call me at nine p.m. There's gonna be a window of time for a specific time zone. Okay. Where there right, are right, no now, names okay, for the now hours. We, now when we're right, Jason, Jason. this brand new universal yes, look, time, look, 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 Jason, yeah. Jason, 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 listen, listen. Are you listening? <laughs> listen. Yes. Okay. It's 10 p.m. right now, right? Minutes. It's 10 p.m. right now, right? Yes. Yes. 10.02. Well, I guess as, as of this recording, I don't know what time it is. Yes. Uh, it's 10 p.m. for everyone, according to our theory here. We're, yeah, we're exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it doesn't matter what time in the world it is right now. It's 10 p.m. Okay. Except... Yeah, exactly. exactly. No, 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 no. You wait. You wait. What? Now you're gonna wait. Okay, <laughs> okay. So right now in New York, it is one o two a.m. Most of New York probably sleeping right. Right. Bam. It's it's 10 10 I'll pause it. Yes. Bam. New York. Okay. It's ten p.m. It's that's a siesta theory. Now. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Right. Japan. What, what time is it over there right now? It doesn't matter because it is ten p.m. over there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's ten p.m. over there right now. So when they wake up, like six. Let's pretend that they're the middle of the sea. Or twenty two hundred. Yeah, when they wake up like five hours from now, like it's just whatever. It's just five hours from now, so it'd be like three a.m. when they're going to be going to work. It's inconvenient for them, sure, but you know, at least for us, we don't have to worry about what time it is anywhere else because it's just that <laughs> and time. ultimately like we are. It like is America for us. It's like <laughs> I mean, in theory, it yeah, is America. Like that, that's the center of the world, so it makes sense. This, this, this still means <laughs> that yes, like if I actually try to reach out to a business elsewhere. They're obviously still gonna like follow the circadian rhythm. They're they're they're, they're, yeah. they're gonna be working during the day and going to sleep during the night. Their their time isn't gonna <laughs> make yeah. any sense. <laughs> their time isn't gonna make sense. <laughs> but it makes it easy for us, I guess. 
don't know. Yeah. So the point is, if you're listening at home and you want to know when our next episode is, it's March 13th, California time, which is now the time. So exactly. that's when you check. Yes. And if you have thoughts on this time zone system or any of the topics of this episode, feel free to tweet us at Random Nintendo and tell us how crazy we are. Uh, you can also you know, if, comment if we ever do go to Japan, I'm gonna tell you. Anytime mm-hmm. you ask me for the time, I'm gonna tell it all to you in California time, and exactly. you're gonna see. Yeah, and, and, and you're gonna, gonna see how much you. Works. Yeah, yeah, it's much, so much better. Yeah, I mean, it will be better if I was in California, but in Japan, well, yeah, it yeah, would you, be, you would anyway. be in California. Yeah, 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 yeah you're, you're, you're gonna be like, you, our, okay, our, hey, hey, let's go to Universal. Yes, let's go to Universal for Nintendo World. At what time do we have to be there? Oh, we have to be there at oh two a.m. And that will make sense to you. Yeah. Uh, okay. It would only be if like you... two or three hours uh, away from when we're in Japan, but but you'd understand. You'd get it. You you get it. If you listener wish to hear more of these brilliant ideas from the three of us, you can follow us individually on Twitter. <laughs> I am JSR Seven. The voice of reason, I like to think. Angel is Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. Kevin is KVN Gomi. You can also subscribe to us if you want more banter like this. And... That voice of reason. Crap. What? Oh, I'm just going to plow through. You, you Nope. Missed the boat there. Uh, yeah, you can subscribe to us on all the podcasts after on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, YouTube channel is Roundtown.com. This was the most chaotic ending we've ever had to a podcast, and I loved every second of it. Kevin, you, I may have snuck in my, my con about being the voice, the, the sane one, but you have final words, so. Universal f- time zone.